Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 37th episode of Tales of Tamriel. I am your Blazing Shield spamming Templar host, Jealous, and with me this evening, we have the Argonian lover herself, Thais. How are you doing today? What a question. Do you have to be so loud? Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm very sleepy today. Very sleepy very today. Very sleepy. Okay. Don't fall asleep. I will try not to. If, if you hear a loud thud, it's just my head hitting the desk. Gotcha. You can just push me off and let me hit the floor. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you got cheese curls down there or something like that, so maybe, I, maybe I'll push you the other way. Yeah, push, because I'd rather not have that fork land in my eye socket, so push me that way. You could, be, you could wear an eye patch then. I mean, these forks are really good for seeing forks, but not much else. <laughs> much else. Gotcha. Also joining us, the man who is running our stream and he who sold his soul to be a slave to the addle brain queen, Deltia of Deltia's Gaming. How are you today, good sir? Boom! I'm dive bombing on a Zerg in PvP. I'm doing great! Excellent. Now, do you like the, the addle brain? That was good. Do you like that? Uh -huh. Alright. Figured you would like that. Very much so. Alright, so... Yeah. Now, oh, there, there's my note. Now, before we get uh, going in the show, I do want to send a special thank you to a Mr. Paul Kelson for his general or generous, not general, donation to the show. We really do appreciate it. Helps keep the lights on around here. It's awesome. Thank you so much. All right, let's go ahead and get into the show. There wasn't a lot of news this week in terms of sheer quantity, but there were some good little nuggets. And of course, we do have our ESO Guild Summit Day 2 that we are going to be talking about. So let's go ahead and, and get right into it. First off, um, let's start with TF. So our friends over at Tamriel Foundry, if you haven't been there, um, you probably don't know much about the Elder Scrolls Online, but you should go check them out. Uh, they're a fantastic fa fan website, and actually the ones who did the Guild Summit that we are discussing. But they actually had a live Q&A session. Um, Delta, did you get a chance to watch any of that? Yeah, I did. I uh, watched the first half, and that was great. Well done. It was very professional. They answered a good bunch of portion of questions from a different range of perspectives, meaning hardcore, you know, big guilds, little guilds. I thought it was really, really good. Excellent. Yeah, they had uh, some pretty big names in there from guilds like Entropy Rising, We Kill Bosses, Defunct, Guild Umbra, Alacrity. I mean, these are like our edition of like world first guilds. So it was really, really cool. And uh, they did go over a lot of the questions and stuff that uh, they talked about in the Guild Summit in a little bit more detail. So the group of them got together and really kind of hashed out a lot. So if you uh, get a chance, you should go over to their YouTube page and check out the entire thing. It was definitely worth the read. All right. Next up on news, ESO livestream happened on, uh, what was that, Friday? Yeah, Friday. So let's see here. ESO livestream. Fan creation showcase with artist Jeremy, was it Fensec? Fensec? Fen Fen yeah, Fensec. Yeah, okay. Um... I didn't get to watch all of it, but I know, Delta, you got to watch some of it. Do you want to give us a little brief summary about what all kind of happened or what you remember happened? Well, you know, I have a memory like a uh, goldfish, so that might not be very good. Oh, a but... castle! I love castles! Ooh, bug loss! <laughs> um, it was uh, absolutely fantastic. Basically, they went over 1.5, kind of what's in the pipeline for other things. They went over fan creations, not like guides and stuff, but more like roleplay 
and music and stuff like that. And then they had an audio engineer on, which was awesome. The dude was really cool. It was like some guy you'd want to have a beer with or something. Talked about what he's working on in terms of you know sound effects, how to get a job doing that. It just was really cool. The insight, it made you feel like the developers are just like you and I, which they probably are. They want to play the game. They're gamers at heart. They're not business people in the sense like they're wearing suits and ties and making decisions all solely for profit. I really believe in these developers. And these things like this, most of them came over from different games. One particular game, which I loved in the past tense, Star Wars, you know, the old Republic, and they were so tight-lipped about everything. They never told their their people anything, what's coming on, everything was a big secret. This is the exact opposite, and if you're new to MMOs, this is refreshing. Blizzard doesn't do this, and they have all the money in the world. You know, this, this is really refreshing to get an insight and have them be open and honest with their community. And it was very positive. A lot of people were watching. I know all of our guildies were... And one of our guildies, Java, Java who uh, they answer her questions. So that was kind of cool. It always is exciting when one of the developers acknowledge you. You're like, oh, that's me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, so it was fun. Well, I know one of the things we could talk about briefly is they did a little preview for Update 5. Which, oh, it's awesome. Before we talk about Update 5, I'm going to press on everyone who listens to our show and you go tell your friends who don't listen to our show that A, they need to listen to our show, and B, if they're playing ESL, that they should jump on the PTS. And C, go to DeltiusGaming.com for all your latest guides and hit news. Just all of that. So remember <laughs> all of that and then go jump on the PTS because they really need to get some testers on here. Um, specifically, like be- before the last patch, which is arguably i don't delta you may or may not agree with me i think that was one of the largest content patches they've done with the most diversity in things that they they released and if it wasn't for the the pts contest for dragon star arena to get to meet a developer that attributed to like 80 percent of their pts testers were just people who did that that's it and if it wasn't for that contest there'd be hardly anyone on the pts so when patches get released buggy you only have yourself to blame. With that being said, PTS, or uh, Update 5, will hit the PTS next week. Probably Monday or Tuesday, I imagine. So get out there and test it. All right, so things coming in Update 5. Let's start with the first thing. Veteran Mode City of Ash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, can't wait for this. That was probably my favorite lobby dungeon. Well, Crypto Hearts was really cool, too, but... Oh, I'm a vampire sork now, too, so that's going to be fun. But I love that dungeon. I can't wait to see what they have. Crypto Hearts for VR12s was really a good amount of difficulty. And so I think they're going to bring it here with the VR14 level stuff. I just can't wait to see what they created. Nice. Now, are you sure this is going to be a fun dungeon for you? You just said you're a vampire sork. And from what I've seen, there's a lot of fire in there. Well, the name I'm a sork. I'm fine. City of Ash, the whole thing is on fire, like everything. So are you sure you're excited? I mean, like, really? I, I got a double bubble. You can't kill me. All right, cool, cool. Um, for the You you remember the storyline from City of Ash, right, Thais? No? Okay. Um, well, when you first go in, Mayrune's Dagon, of course, this is the normal mode, is attacking the Wood Elf village. This now I remember. Okay, and you know at the end after you beat the final boss, the guy jumps into the portal because Mayor's Dagon kind of off. Like I'll close the portal, but you gotta come in here. The storyline of this dungeon is we now form an expedition and go into the Deadlands. 
So that's going to be exciting. That's a really strange question you asked me because you know I have the memory of Dory <laughs> on Finding Nemo. Ooh, it's French. It means escape. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Now, next thing that's coming up in uh, Update 5, which Delty and I were talking about a little bit later and something that you and I, Ace, we were excited about from the single player, like, you know, the role playing, kind of getting immersed in the world, new facial animations with face effects. Now, Thais, what do you think of face effects? What do you think it'll bring to the game as a whole? I think that the story itself is already is already pretty alive. They, but the uh, the Elder Scrolls is always known for having just great great story. And the one thing that I have noticed is that when you're talking to a lot of the NPCs, they already show some emotion, like in the one question. Except for Argonians. Except, <laughs> they kind of only have. One emotion. They only have one monotone voice. Stoic. That's okay, though. I I love them anyway. I like how the lore-wise for Argonians, they even say that. They're like, it's kind of hard to get into the head of Argonians with emotions because they only have that one vocal tone. I still love them. I think it'll just add a little more depth when you're in in that chat Mm -hmm. thing, when you're doing your quest. If you can see if they're, like, actually angry over something or if they're frustrated and... it's just, I think it's a great idea. I like that they're adding it. Shameless plug, and this isn't for me, it's a shameless plug for someone else, but I believe Wicked's Full Immersion add-on, if you're into that, you should grab that, because I think what it does, if I remember correctly, I think it's Wicked's Full Immersion, they remove the text from the boxes. So you actually have to listen to the quest giver. Like, you can't just read the text and skip ahead, because I read faster than what they're speaking it. So, like, you, I just get, oh, okay, blah, 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 and hit, you know, the next thing. All that stuff is blocked out until they finish, and then you get, you can't even see the words or anything. It's just you see their face, and they talk, and when it's done, it gives you the option. So you're kind of forced to listen. I hope it fixes that weird a- animation thing where when an NPC is talking, their bottom jaw slowly drifts to one side But you don't the like other. the sideways jaw? It looks like they got into a, a fist fight with Mike Tyson broke their jaw. It's a little creepy, especially when it's a long like paragraph that they're saying, <laughs> and just little by little, you can see their bottom jaw moving. <laughs> nice. Uh, Deltia, what about you? What do you think about face effects? I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. I'm a complete opposite end of the spectrum as Thais. I think it's a waste of development time at this point in the game. And I don't think it's needed that much, but I could be wrong. It's like I said, it's from my perspective. I I don't think it's needed whatsoever. The graphics are great. I think work on getting the bugs that are still in this game fixed before you move on to little trinkets like that. That's me. Okay. Um, See, and here's the thing. Even from my point of view, I think this will be great for the solo players and for not not just not just I'm not talking about single player players. I don't count them. Um, but the people who like questing, and so there are even in MMOs a large populace of people who love the MMOs for the atmosphere, for the for the fact that you you know you can do a lot of, in an open world. But they don't necessarily like grouping. Like I've met quite a few people. Like generally, it's an older crowd of people who have that issue. But it's still they like the solo experience and i really think this will um bring in a lot with uh, uh just immersion just complete immersion and i'm gonna love it because i was blown away at quake con when i watched this because i'm just sitting there going oh my goodness 
I know, like Delta, you already said, I personally believe, other than some Asian MMOs, I'll give, I'll caveat it with that, that this is some of the prettiest graphics in the game, period. Completely like, agree. Yeah, in MMO, like currently, I think this is the prettiest game out there. This is the best, by far, yeah. Um, there's some in development which look pretty sick. Most of them are Asian MMOs, but we all know their gameplay sucks. So it's pretty picture well, that goes after. But the thing is, you can tune that you can have so much tuning in this game. Like you mm-hmm. can really pick what you want to shine. And then with the particle effects, they really made it so other computers can handle the game. I think graphically, that was a huge change. That was a huge change for Cyrodiil. I think mm-hmm. that's what was needed. Oh, you know, I installed this game on Thais's old laptop, okay? Like, her old, this thing is, like, eight years old, and it wasn't even that good eight years ago. It wasn't, like, top of the line. It was medium. So it's a very old computer. Honestly, the range of the graphics engine between our computers, which are beastly, versus the, I felt like it was a completely different game. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was playable. Yeah, you know, but like the graphics detail is much because they tuned it down so it could handle older machines. But then when you look at it on mine, I was going over a hill in Cyrodiil the other day, and the the God rays that was sh- like the sun yeah, coming up over the hill. I was like, sick. oh my god! I literally had to turn my face away from the computer because it like half blinded me for a second. Yeah, it was when awesome. You, that's incredible quality. But for me, faithful animations, I just. You know, I think the game is so immersive for other reasons. Like, for me, the dialogue is what separates it. Like, I, you go to Carnarthy's Roost or some of these newer zones, and they don't really say too much to you. But, like, if you beat Dragonstar Arena, when I'm in um, Belkarth, the Craglorn city, they go, I saw you in the Dragonstar Arena. You were awesome. Those are things I remembered from, like, Morrowind and Skyrim. Mm-hmm. That's Elder Scrolls. That's what makes it so immersive for me is like, this is my character and I matter in this world. That's what I really, really like. Which I think you might like the justice system that we're going to talk about a little later. <laughs> um, but speak of in chat, our uh, fan of show, lover TS fangirl, she's like, I'm a, I'm of the questing sort, although I do enjoy grouping. So I, I think the facial animations will really enhance her experience. Well, good. Yeah, I mean, for those players who just like the questing and stuff like that, I think it really, really will. Um, Thais and I were talking about this the other week. I know it's a little tangent, but it kind of ties in. One of the most memorable experiences for both of us was in Skyrim with Mark Arth and the uh, Order of Namira and the Cannibals. And in particular, there's one guy who was the meat merchant. When you talk to him and you're like, wait a minute, I know you. He's like, yep, I sell the bloodiest meat in all the reach. He gets a little laugh and he gets this little half smile with the animations because the animations were, it was a single player game. They could do more with it. But the facial animations and that smile he gave you, kind of like the, I know, you're like, I know you know me and you know the meat that I sold people was probably human meat. That little thing right there, that facial animation like haunts me to this day. I immediately went werewolf and tore him apart just because I had to. But those little things like that stick with you, especially when you can tie emotion to a character animation. I think it'll be really great. Really, really great. Next up, uh, let's see here. Werewolf updates, cost reduction to werewolf transformation. I know they already did that. New abilities and new passives. These two and stamina updates, which heavy attacks with all non-staff weapons now return stamina. And there's also going to be some more improvements to fall, which we'll talk about in uh, the Guild Summit. 
But with Update 5, they're pushing more of these subtle changes to us. Um, Delty, do you have a werewolf character? I've done level 10, and but not currently, no. There's no reason to. Nice. Did you enjoy the werewolf as a whole? When you say enjoy, I enjoyed the animations, I enjoyed the graphics, I enjoyed that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but there's really no benefit and a lot of negatives, so no. Okay. Um, I actually am a werewolf now, uh, level 9, I think, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think I'd have more fun with it if the werewolf shift wasn't an ultimate. Uh, like, I could just put it on my right. bar, and if it was a normal bar that maybe, I don't know, cut its animation time in half, like how long you could last in it, um, but make it just a normal ability that I could swap to, that would I would love awesome. it. It would be like to a vampire. Like, make it make it like the vampire, where maybe you just turn into a werewolf for a second while you attack. Mm-hmm. So, something I mean. like that. To, it being an ultimate, the co- or the benefits of being aware, other than some of the passives, some of the benefits of being a werewolf don't outweigh it being a sucky ultimate where you could have much better ultimates. Well, you know? look at look at bats. I mean, devouring bats, you can basically stay alive through anything for five seconds. Like, oh yeah, it's you can stay alive for, and it's a hundred and what forty eight cost in comparison to the werewolf for what I hit a little harder on my heavy attacks and it costs 700 or I mean, come on. Yeah. It takes a while to build up, but they are making some changes to werewolf to try to make it a little bit better. So that's awesome. And of course, closing the gap for stamina versus magicka. So maybe we won't be calling this the elder staves online anymore. I don't know. It still is. Oh, it still is now, but they're trying to move away from the elder staves online. I understand that. Bows can do pretty good, actually. I really like bows for range GPS in this game. It's starting to get in line. The the change to snipe really helps it out. Nice. Uh, chat bubbles. Faze, what do you feel about chat bubbles? No, I I don't think they should be in the game. Name play lights. Hmm. Thankfully, you'll be able to turn them off if you don't. Like, well, we but, sort but, of have chat bubbles. But I also feel like nameplate shouldn't be in the game either. Oh, Thais, you're a party pooper, and that's, that's all I'm going to say to you. Party pooper? Party pooper butt. Wow. Party pooper butt. That, wow. That's right. that's you. That sums you up in three words. Party pooper butt. Okay. Three yep. Words? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not fond of chat bubbles just because, I don't know. But then again, we have that Har- Harlan's or whatever chat thing. The add-on that gives that little chat blob in the... So it's similar, but it takes a... No, because that's for story. That's when NPCs are talking. It's not... They're well, not chat bubbles. You would still see chat bubbles whenever the NPCs are talking. And I, I'm i turning that off, because I don't want to be sitting in the... Uh, with the uh, com- five companions and watching Lyris' chat bubble. I, I would just rather listen. Maybe if you don't play with sound on, maybe mm, then you would like Lyris. chat bubbles. I don't really play with sound. I read everything. But there's some things that I just... That I don't read. Mm. Them, them words. Them words. Well, even though Thais doesn't like it, I think the chat bubbles is a is a step towards a few more MMO tropes, which, as long as they give us the option to turn them off, turn it on, off. Yep. I'm fine. You know, like, I'm an MMO player, so that's whatever. I know we have a lot of single-player people who would absolutely hate it if it was forced upon you. Fear not, you can turn it off, and then it will not affect you in any way. Uh, but I think this is an opening up of the of uh, the internal API at least to maybe allow, you know, Deltia your 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 nameplates. 
Oh, I can't Maybe. wait. I can't wait till you see Deltia Zerg bombing you on my Sork, and then you go, dang it, I hate that person. That's, and then they go, that's what I live for. Turning it off. <laughs> as long as they give us options, I'm fine with that. All right, next up on update five, grouping improvements, like fixing issues with phasing. Oh, thank you, Divines. But we don't have those problems. We don't because we never do any quests without one another. No, I, I think you're like lying there because you're always way ahead of me in experience. Maybe that's because you know I'm like min maxing, I'm moving stuff around. You know. Yep, numbers. Numbers. Them numbers. Them numbers. The math. But the math. That's right. Um, but no, we don't do anything separate. Now, I just got my buddy into playing ESO, which I'm insanely excited about, but he doesn't get to play as often as, as uh, I do. Um, so I have a character that I'm playing with him. Now, if at any point in time, like, he's off and he starts playing during the day, and I'm at work or something, if he doesn't wait for me, then we're gonna have phasing issues. Like, I won't be able to join him eventually. And that's kind of sucky. Because it... Unfortunately, like, with a game that is an MMO, they want us to group up. There's so many opportunities to explore together. And I will say, this is one of the most fun games for us, because we always do everything together. I always have you with me. Um, you know, I haven't had to use my oh crap heal. Hardly at all. I don't have it on my bar anymore for most cases, except for um, when you go werewolf. Because I know you always have a resto staff, so I trust that you heal. I don't really need a self-heal my bar. I can put more DPS on there. And usually I'm the one who dies anyway, not you. Yeah. That, well, that's because I'm blazing shield all the time. Nothing can kill me with blazing shield. What? Um, that's right. Nothing can kill me with blazing shield. Nothing at all. It's awesome. Um, but <laughs> when they phase you out, I, I hate that. Like, you go to help someone. Hey, I'll help you. Like, you don't even have to be questing when maybe someone's having an issue with something they can't beat and you go to hey i'll come help but i finished already and as soon as you get up to them you're phased out that sucks it really does it separates players where this game should be bringing players together phasing is great for storytelling it's fantastic the technology is great for that but by itself it's not enough it all it does is create player separation and that causes issues so i'm glad that's coming in what do you what do you feel, Faze? For situations like you just said, like when you want to play with your friend, I'm glad that they're trying to fix that. I really am. It, it will allow players who've been playing for a long time to try and bring more people into the game and still spend time with them. Okay, uh, Delta. What about you? I don't really understand the issue. I mean, the phasing. It's basically like instancing a certain version of the quest what you're on if you've already completed it at the the land changes for what you've done am i correct yes sir okay um personally i haven't really experienced any big issue with that so if you want to see a big issue with that did you do uh bleak bleak rock just the uh, little yep i will make like if i had a character like if you make a character on ebonheart go through bleak rock I will make a brand new one, and you come back to Bleak Rock. If anytime we enter the town, you won't be able to see me. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a problem. But mainly, I do my own questing, and then I group up to do things I have to group for. Sure, like, you know. But so I really don't under see a big issue with it. But for those that do, great, fix it. Well, here, here's the issue I see with it because it is so obnoxious, um, as T.S. Fangirl says. If you if you're trying to get your friends to play. 
And let's oh, have yeah. very solo-minded friends. Yeah, that's great. Oh, when you get up to a dungeon, let's run through a dungeon. That's great. But what if it's somebody who you're trying to get into and you're trying to show them the game and be all excited about it? Oh, I can't I can't group up with you for at least the first 12 levels so you get up to Fungal Grotto or whatever the dungeon is. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, if you're just trying to go and help a friend, hey, I'm brand new, I'm level three, you know, but you can't see them unless you make a new character and unless you're playing at the exact same times, you will eventually, other than that first time when you're questing together, you're going to lose them. That's okay. Yeah. Who needs friends? Who needs be, friends? Be right back. Use the restroom. All right. Um, next up, new crafting dailies. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad I have points in crafting. Yes. Why are you shaking your head, Thais? Tell me what's going on here. Because I don't understand why that would be needed, especially with all of the materials being so readily available. What could they possibly give us as a reward in the crafting dailies that would make them worth it? Well, while leveling up quests and stuff like that, maybe that would help with that dreaded enchanting. Doing dailies, because they said you would get inspiration for... For your crafting, which is the crafting experience, you would get, what are they called? They're crafting uh, writs or something like that, which you can turn in for rewards, are treasure maps, which lead to phased nodes that are higher yield, maybe give you special stuff. Maybe when you mine them up, you actually get things like grain solvents and those those higher end materials that you don't normally get. I just, I, I, I honestly don't see a lot of people doing them. I really don't. Okay, well, maybe you and ten other people. Oh, I will do enough crafting dailies for the entire mega server. That's a lot of dailies. I'm, I mean, that's what I'm going to do. And I don't even want to do the ones that are in Cyrodiil. But again, this is similar to um, what were we talking about the other day. We were talking about Final Fantasy and, and money in the economy. And the people who spent all that time getting their crafters up. There are people out there who that is their game that's what they like to do games were like crafting is gonna mean something i think a lot of players came to this game because the developers like crafting is going to be useful even up until end game which it currently still is because even if you get drops from the raids and stuff they're not legendary quality you have to get a crafter to get you stuff and upgrade them you know i mean technically you don't need to but then you'd be spending more of the tempering alloys because if you don't have the traits, you got to have more to make it worthwhile. Maybe it's just because I don't enjoy doing daily quests. I feel like... Now, if it was for reputation, that I would do because a lot of times... Most people was... hate reputation, though. I like, hate well, you I love hate reputation. That. I love that because it usually always comes with special, um, superfluous rewards. Mounts Whoa, and... Big words. Ooh, mounts and collectibles, things like that, which is why I would enjoy doing maybe, reputation. Maybe maybe there's a maybe they'll add a reward like turn in a hundred thousand crafting grits and you get a pack mule to carry all your See, stuff. See that would be a reason why I would do it. Alright. Well yeah. so your your argument's not really with the dailies themselves. It's the re reward scheme that you're not sure what it is. Yeah, they okay. would have to make it really worthwhile for me to sit there and just grind dailies. I mean, I like dailies because they give me something to do. When you're done with the main storyline quest, like, that's one of the things that was kind of scared me about this game. Because let's face it, you've played Skyrim single player games. They don't have a lot of, re well, they have a lot of repeatability, but not 
not on the character you finish. Once you finish all the quests in the zones, you can go back to the white run and there's nothing there for you. Well, yeah. That's similar to this game. When you finish a zone out, there's not really any reason to go back to a zone currently. Yeah. I like reasons to log in and get rewarded. Of course, rewards are what's going to make me do it, whether it be gold. like I Gold maybe is not enough, but there needs to be gold. But that's a way for people to actually supplement income as well. Well, crafting dailies are, dailies are awesome. Hmm? That's an crafting dailies. That's an awesome idea. I never saw that coming. Me either, and I'm I'm gonna love it because as I was telling Thais, craft. Some people do games just for crafting. I mean, look oh, at me. Yeah. I have more skill points in my crafts than I do in my combat skills. Uh, crazy. Well, yeah, but I like crafting. I like doing it. I uh, was talking to someone in guild, and they're like, "Oh, can I?" Um, can someone maybe I'm like I can I I can do everything. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of fun. It's fun being independent, but I, I they're bringing back some value to crafting like you said the drops. Mm-hmm. If if you get valuable drops and you give it to someone to be crafted, yeah, most people don't do it that way. But then the 8 9 trait things, once they get really high value like the double munda stone, you're yeah. going to see a lot of crafting coming back. And then there's there's people who rolled alts just to get that Nernhone crafting started faster. So when it comes out, they can get it. So sure. I'm excited about bringing crafting back. Well, th- that's always going to be a thing. And because it's such a time investment, let's face it, eventually there will be a lot of people up there with eight and nine traits. I'm getting near eight on everything. Right. I almost have eight in everything. I can tell you I'm probably in the top 10 percentile of players. Because I've talked to people like, yeah, I, I haven't been doing it. But it's such a time investment to do. People forget about it. The people who do have it may quit. So over time, for a period of time, like if a lot of people would leave the game because that's just what generally happens, not for any real reason. They just, I'm going to step away for a few months. So your your eight-trait crafter is gone. That just opens a market to me going, hey, guys, I'm still playing. I still have all eight, nine traits ready. What do you guys need? People will friend you. People will talk to you. Let's face it. People need new gear fairly frequently. So that it'll it helps and uh these new dailies are going to be fantastic just things to do reasons to log in the game as much as people hate dailies what game was it that did not have any dailies they're like we won't do dailies we won't do dailies i forget what it was it was an mmo um no no, i don't know if it was that one but anyway the short story here long story short long story short is (laughs) People, after they got the end game, were like, you know, as much as I hated the idea of dailies, like, when it started, I have no reason to log in the game now. Like, right. on a day-to-day basis. I log in when it's raid night or PvP night, but the other six nights of the week, five, six nights of the week, I don't even log in. And, uh, I mean, some people are like, oh, that's good for me, I like doing that. But to me, like, as an MMO player, Deltia, you know, you log in daily. You just, you have stuff you do. It's like, not like it's a, it's a chore, but it is. You have a routine that you're like, I got to do this. I got to log in and do this. I got to get my dailies done. Yeah, I got to get, get my, my dailies done because that's how I'm going to get money. That's how I'm going to get my rewards. It's it's going to keep me going. It keeps me logging in. And it also, as much as you might look at it as a, oh, crud, it's making me log into the game. It keeps you connected with your friends. Because how it's many a times social it, thing. It's it a is. social thing. You it's log in, you do your dailies. Oh, look, Deltia's on. Hey, Deltia, you know. Hey, after I'm done with my dailies, you want to run a dungeon? Well, you probably wouldn't have thought that if you didn't have dailies. You know? That kind of stuff. 
All right, Thaisa's looking at me. Do you disagree? I, I, no, your opinion is valid. Okay. Awesome. Well, the, the dailies thing, it gives you a slow, monotonous way to do stuff you would never do. Like, for instance, those, let's say the dungeon, the VR dungeon. After I smoked it two times, got a speed run, got the kill thing done, why am I going to come back to it? No reason, right? Right. So that's like that's the reason to get it done is the the undaunted dailies or what what have you. That's why dailies are good. Is and then like achievements are good for the same sort of reason where I wouldn't do a certain quest, but since it's a daily or an achievement, I do it and you experience more content that way. Yeah, like Delty, why would you be out in Skyrim slaying giants if it wasn't for a giant slayer achievement? <laughs> Yeah, or I mean the Undaunted stuff. That's yeah. another daily they're bringing back. Thank you, God. I am ecstatic about that. I am ecstatic about Undaunted dailies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I love the idea of repeatable dungeons. All right, but before we talk about that, because we will talk about that a little later, let's move in, though. The last thing, the last really big thing coming with Update 5, because they're going to have PvP fixes and other, you know, other things. Dungeon revamp. Undaunted repeatable quests, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. later. Dungeon scaling, which is exciting, um, and, and just a bunch of other stuff with, with dungeon. The whole dungeon revamp system is going to be exciting. I love the idea of scaling dungeons. You get a daily, uh, which I'm hoping, an undaunted daily going, hey, go clear normal fungal grotto. That's a level 12 dungeon. I don't want to do that on my VR 14. Why not? Well, because the reward, the rewards scale. You notice, like, the gold drops and stuff like that. Item drops you get in there are, like, whites and greens. Because at 12, you're like, that's all you get, whites and greens. That's great. And they're worth, like, five gold if you sell them. Well, VR 14 stuff are worth 100 and some gold. Or have set bonuses and stuff like that. Those things don't come in until later on. But you can scale it up. So that way, it's a VR, the mobs are VR 14 you know, it won't be as hard as a veteran dungeon, but the rewards will be based off yourself. I'm excited for dungeon scaling. I, I really completely am. But I, am I one of the only people who's okay with being overpowered to get it done quicker? Well. I have no problem with that. I mean, just, I mean <laughs> we're MMOers. We're going to do crap that benefits our character. Getting it done quicker, yes, I could see that. Um... But some people don't, like, I don't know about you, but, like, even in, like, uh, Warcraft is the best experience because that's my longest MMO I've ever played. I went back and did the old dungeons again once the achievement system came out. But I had no desire whatsoever to go back and do it again when, um, like, if someone needed it for something. It's like, I can clear it for you, but you don't really get any experience when you have a super high level in there. It's... You just don't get rewarded for it. The stuff that drops sells for minimal amount of things. There's nothing that really benefits you in a great way. Yes, it does. Out of the goodness of your heart, you are helping somebody else. All right, so your but karma that, aligns that a little a bit. We're MMO players. We, we don't have karma. It's bad. I, I, have, I have a moral compass. Stop it, Argonian. Just stop it. They have a moral compass. Go, go sacrifice yourself for a tree. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's update five in a nutshell exciting get out there on the pts and test it please do it thank you all right last bit of news we have for this week is the tales of the dead two winners were announced yes I, that's right they had that little contest and uh they picked three winners 
The winners are, of course, what is that? Visitator. Was a winnower and I can't even pronounce that. Like, one. Neither can I. All right, the someone Capricorn? else said not even these can pronounce. So there we go. Congrats to all the winners. They received a $25 gift certificate to the Bethesda store, and we all know there's some awesome swag on there. I have two t-shirts, and these has a Evan Hart pack hoodie. Good stuff. I gotta say, I, I do like the quality of stuff you get off the store, too. Like, it's nice. Hmm? Do you want me to read it? No, no, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> Alright, that's it. Awesome. Closing that off. Alright, time for us to move on to our Elder Scrolls discussion topic, which is, following from last week, ESO Guild Summit, day number two. So we're going to follow the second half of the two-day summit, and things we're going to cover specifically is gameplay and itemization, writing and lore, zones and content, and of course, the justice system. Yay. I'm totally going to be an enforcer and just beetle my wife over here who's going to be a thief. Yes, I'm going to be stealing outlaw. everything. All right. Arguably, in my opinion, this is one of the most important things in an MMO. Itemization and gameplay stuff. Because let's face it, if you're not getting rewarded, if gear isn't good or isn't fun to get, like gear with stats on it, I'm sorry, it's just not fun. It's not something fun you get. Set bonuses are fun. You know, get some, eh, wear multiple pieces. Th that's something to make you go after. So now they're going to be changing a bunch of different stuff with itemization to hopefully improve uh, guild, or not guild, build diversity. They're also moving, making moves towards making stamina and magicka deal comparable damage. And that one weapon isn't best for all damage specs. <coughs> Destro staff, <coughs> Restro staff. Yeah, that's going to probably change as well. Um, the first major push that they made towards achieving this rebalancing efforts included heavy attacks, restore magicka and stamina. That was in update four. And I love that a lot. Like, a whole lot. It was great. Now, they're also going to do a buff to stamina-based abilities. We've, um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. There's a few other little things that we could talk about. Um, they're trying to make damage more competitive between Magicka and Stamina, which is good. And there's also going to be new AVA abilities for AoE damage, stealth detection, healing debuffs, and stamina-based heals, which are pretty awesome, to be honest. All right. And they're also making changes to ultimate abilities and the way that ultimate generation works as, you know, um, I guess they're trying to reconcile the difference between fast ticking dot stacking builds and slow attacking tanks to even out the rate at which different builds generate ultimate. Because, Delta, how fast do you generate ultimate on your on your uh, Dragon Knight? On my Dragon Knight? I mean, I can, I can do, uh, if there's 10 mobs, I can drop two standards in 10 seconds. Wow. I don't generate near that much. You're a Templar. Of course not. That sucks. Anyway. All right. Actually, you know what? Here's some things that they're talking about, a little bit of changes here. And uh, let's see. They talked about haste and 
annulment. Why don't you read these things right here? This Ooh, is haste. I love yeah. me some haste. Haste. Because of light attack weaving is not currently very useful. Abilities like this which have fallen below the usefulness threshold will be improved to feel much more useful and powerful. The plan is to buff up lesser used abilities, not to nerf the already popular abilities. Annulment no longer gives a flat 50% reduction, but the value of the shield granted has been increased by 150% but only works against spells. Shadow Cloak. QA has been hard at work to identify the effects of using every single ability in the game with slash against a character who is cloaked. Mm -hmm. So they are aware of all the issues and will be working on resolving them for future updates. All right. Now the, the section we're talking about here is some of the changes they're doing with uh, abilities and morphs. Here's something I thought was really neat. They're talking about changing the way that class abilities work so that they're more useful for stamina builds. Thank you. Possibilities include morphs uh, to class abilities that would allow them to cost and scale off stamina instead of magicka. Um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Delty, what do you think about that? That's really good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I mean, ultimately, I don't think any of these are going to work until they make a third resource pool. I just don't think it'll work until sure. they do that. I honestly don't. Mm -hmm. But it's a good it's a good way to think about it. What about you, Thace? The ability to morph abilities to use either Magicka or Stamina. Because right now, all class abilities are Magicka-based. So if you're planning on making a Stamina character, which I know, you're like, why would I ever do that? But if you were, the problem is you kind of have to go a little bit of a mixture between Magicka or Stamina in order to, you know be able to use your class abilities. I really do think that that should be an option. Because it shouldn't be the Elder Staves online. You should be able to play... I can't believe I'm going to say this. You should be able to play any way that you want. Okay. You, you really should. And to make everything require magic... Because I know that when you and I are playing, if I'm in werewolf format, I need you to keep me alive. There's many times you've let me die... Because you have no magicka for healing. Mm -hmm. Which, if you, it worked off of stamina, you'd probably be able to keep me alive. Well, if you didn't take excessive damage, of course. If you healed better. Okay. Shielded better. I don't have shields. I only have my Templar heal. So. Okay, just, I was just saying. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, now, th some of the things we're going to talk about here is they're trying to make a couple changes, which these are what I'm really excited about. They highlighted, now again, I'm going to state this, these are all, um, okay, actually before we start, someone did mention something in chat, this is, uh, was it Res, Res Raider? Res Rider. Yeah. Res Rider. Why do Ooh, folks Rez. think a third resource pool should be that would be lore appropriate? What do you think, what do, what do folks think a third resource pool should be that would be lore appropriate? Mental. Make it make it mental fatigue or something because if you just make it willpower, call it that. So like it's just something you do. Like I'm gonna break CC. Oh, I just I can only have so much willpower to do it, but I can do it. I'm gonna mention this right now. Look back at any of the games, and like they change. The only thing that's really the same is the fact that health, stamina, and magicka is you know those are the names but if you look at skyrim versus oblivion or morrowind or any of the other ones nothing stays the same from game to game 
I really don't think adding a third resource, whether it be willpower, endurance, I don't care what you want to call it, would be lore-breaking in any way whatsoever. Because look at the difference between Skyrim and let's just talk Morrowind. Morrowind had the standard D&D class systems, strength, constitution, willpower, intelligence, that all affected your character. Skyrim was the first one that said, all right, we're going to do away with the D&D stats and we're just going to do health, stamina, and magic. It was a cleaner, simpler approach, but, I mean, I really think this back-end character stuff, if you look back at the, you know, the genesis of the game, the very beginning, the stats were not simple like they are in this game. They were not. You had all sorts of stats that you could move all over the place. So adding another resource that went over, you know... Um, that controls your defensive stuff, I don't think is lore-breaking. And to be honest, it is just better gameplay. Eventually, you hit a point where when does lore trump gameplay? This, I don't even think, this isn't even, this is a non-subject for me. Like, show me in the lore where it specifically says that oh, only hell, stamina, and magic are viable. You know, it, it doesn't. Base, well, what, what do you feel? Th wait, did Delta have something to say first? Go ahead. I, I I think what what people don't quite understand is that no matter what, this will always be an Elder Scrolls game. There will always be the Elder Scrolls lore, the the races, the area, everything that we're used to will always be there. <laughs> That's what makes it an Elder Scrolls MMO. Yeah. But you still have to consider the aspect that it is an MMO, and another resource at this point is. Is honestly, it's needed to try and balance out everyone else's gameplay styles. Because mm -hmm. you you don't like casting magic. You've mm -hmm. never casted magic. Oh. It's not the way that you like to play. So if you're stuck having to use magic, you're not enjoying the game as much as you should. When you should be enjoying your MMO. Sure. Adding another resource is something that they need. And, and it, it won't be lore-breaking. It will be helpful to the game that makes it an MMO. Uh, Delta, what do you what do you have to say? What I have to say is, first off, people don't understand why it's important. Okay, why it's important. So, as a caster, I have one thing I can use, one resource. That's it. So, if I want to block, run, dodge, sprint, I can use a second resource that really has no other value to me. Flip it to the other side. Now, I'm a stamina user. I have stamina that does a damage, does abilities, does attacking, etc. What happens? Well, that, I have to now dodge, sprint, block, etc. It doesn't work. You can't do it that way. Because you're out of stamina, so now your DPS is basically nothing because of that. That's the problem that I don't think people under really, really understand. It's why it's a problem. It's that. Mm -hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and... As he said in game, Skyrim was the least Elder Scrolls of all the Elder Scrolls games, and he thought that was a bad comparison. Well, if that's being the case, Skyrim is lore-breaking. Like, the whole game is lore-breaking compared to the old stuff. ESO is lore-breaking. The whole game is lore-breaking. If you're, if you're looking at the way they develop the game. The thing is, just, just look at the games. Not even the MMO. Just look at the other games and see how they change. Because they do. They change stuff to make fun gameplay. But that's that's... The progression of a series. Yeah, and adding a third resource in the MMO version... Would be the next viable progression it, It's a step. progression in the series. 
I don't think it's at all lore breaking. No. Because it's, it would be like a hidden stat. It doesn't even matter if it's not even a hidden stat. It's a progression in the series. Yes. And something like this may possibly go into the next Elder Scrolls game. They add this in, the single player may have a defensive stat. You don't know. They might pull stuff from um, ESO. If they're going to add a a third resource, what they should actually do is add two more. Underneath Magicka, they should add Willpower, which would be able to control so, 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 and so. Underneath Stamina, they should have Endurance, which would control whatever, 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 so that (laughs) it's even. You know, it'd be a, you know, here's something that's lore, not lore breaking. Whatever stat you're using the most, you should get be given an option. Like, if you notice you have, you know, most in stamina, like all your abilities are stamina, you're all morphed, they should then just use Magicka for your defensive stuff. You should sprint and it should drain Magicka. That's. Oh my gosh. I'd never, I would never be able to cast anything. Well, for you, I, for you, it would still everywhere. remain, for you, it would still remain. Uh, stamina, because you've mostly magic abilities. Like, you'd be able to choose are you a stamina-based user, whatever, or a hybrid. Make them drain both if you decide to be a hybrid. I don't care. Take half from each. Just do it all. Doesn't matter. Oh, I like my idea the most. All right. Magicka, stamina, and then you'll have willpower and endurance. Now, here's some things they kind they Speaking of things that are changing, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because there's some other things we want to hit. But they are making some pretty neat changes to make stamina more viable in terms of damage um, by changing core abilities. Um, TES Fangirl says, you, you have always had to choose between Magicka or Stamina as a focus. The problem with TESO is that it isn't balanced. I'd prefer the balance be improved without having an additional resource, which is what they are honestly trying to do. But they won't have a balance if they still make stuff drain from stamina, if that's what you're using. Because everything drains from stamina. There is no balance as long as your defensive stats favor one resource over the others. And that's what people aren't getting. You can um, you can either you can either dodge roll and survive or you can do abilities. Yep. Now if you're if you're a mage, you can dodge roll and survive and do abilities. Mm-hmm. And teleport away. And, and second yeah, and blink, fire. But blink while away. I am having to conserve my stamina going, I have to always make sure I have thirty percent stamina so I can dodge if the circle hits. I'm having to hold attacks and abilities. My DPS is not gonna be near as much, and they're like, Well, why is your DPS so low? Well, because I have to manage my resource so I can actually defend myself. While I'm sprinting in circles around them. Yeah, like, she, Dodging, this girl running, sprints blocking, just because yeah. she, the bar's full. I don't like my sprint bar being full, or my uh, stamina bar. I'm just going to drain it. Who cares? And still do all the damage. What'd you say, Deltia? Oh, I was going to say, I mean, it's like cheesy. If I play my Sork in PvP, all I do is put a movable up. And I use no stamina. I don't have to block. And I can roll, I can dodge, I can jump, I can sprint, I do whatever. If I use a two-hander or a bow, I get one of the I get one of the choice or the other. Hmm. And that yeah, TS Fangirl said that maybe you choose a burst sign that would uh set your health, stamina, magic, or resources and how they're used when you go to character creation. I I wouldn't mind doing something. I wish you'd be able to change it because that's the thing. You can respec and change your stuff, so you should be able to change your burst sign or whatever the case may be going. All right, I'm making this guy. I want my defensive abilities to pick from this resource. As long as they gave us an option to mitigate how the resources are used. But they don't. And that's the problem. But this game is always evolving, so you'll, you never know what they're going to come up with. Well, 
I, I don't think the way they're going with it, by just upping our damage and reducing, they can reduce all they want. We're still going to hit the problem of we still have to use it until they get it through their heads. It may take some time and Delta and I screaming at them very furiously, but it'll eventually happen. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on before we spend too much time on this. Uh, some of the abilities are changing. This is something I kind of like. They're increasing the damage and radius of Cleave to be more competitive with Impulse, which is pretty sweet. They're reducing the cast time and increasing the damage of Uppercut to make it the bread-and-butter damage ability for two-handed line. And uh, Atropos actually said, after seeing the ability used, it looks much faster and more powerful. Because right now, who uses it? It takes too long. It's like a second cast time for a, a melee ability. But if they made it a little faster, I would probably put it on my bar and have to drop something else. Maybe like Executioner or something, because who knows? Yeah, if they made it in line with like Snipe is what they're probably trying to do. Probably. Because right now, like, I was already trying to think how I'm going to do my build. Because if this is really, you know, like, I like the two-hand ability. It was really powerful. It makes your next move you do more powerful. That's going to be great. What could I drop from my bar to use it? And I'm actually kind of tossing up in the air between critical charge and uh, executioner. Because momentum also looks pretty sweet. Because now they're just doing weapon power by a flat 20%. That's... That's going to be a huge change, yes. That's going to have to be on my bar. And it has a hot over time, and there's going to be a morph that allows you to yep. just use the heal by just using the ability again. I'm going to pretty much have to do, like, momentum, uppercut, and, like, executioner, and critical charge is going to have to be gone, and I'll have to put my charge on my second bar or something. I don't know. It's going to be a sick change. It is. And this is just something that will really make, like, 20% you know, flat damage for 30 seconds just by keeping the buff up? Yes, please. Yeah, imagine that with the... I know we're rambling here, but imagine that with Fighter's Guild. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Fighters Guild with, with the Flawless. Yeah. Or, yeah. That's going to be sick. But those are things they're just doing to try to make stamina a little bit more in line. Now, we're going to move off of that, and we're going to talk about synergies. Ooh. Zoss also wants to make sure that all synergies are fully useful so that players always want to use them, not avoid them like with some of the more annoying synergies. Like Radiant Aura? No one wants oh, to use that. No one wants to use that. No. <laughs> Eric also plans to move towards more contextual synergy usage where synergies will only prompt themselves as available if certain conditions are met, like Blood Altar and Templar Cleanse currently work. The goal is to reduce the overall number of press X prompts you have at any given time, but to increase the usefulness of synergies that players do use. Okay. Well, how do we feel? I, I love the idea of synergies in the game, being not able to do them, but being able to really group. I think this is where, like, just watching, like, top guilds and the top players who work together using synergies, knowing when to drop them at the right times and stuff of that nature really bring together the team dynamic together really well. I, but I don't know how many people actually use synergies other than maybe like Supernova. <laughs> I don't know about you, but anytime I see a press X, I press X. But okay. it doesn't matter what it is. When I see that pop up on my screen, I'm like spamming the X button. Yeah, but in certain situations such as Radiant Aura are... Arguably speaking, when you drop your uh, Thunder Elemental, your your Atronok, your, your Lightning Atronok, me channeling into that loses my DPS. Yeah, it's a terrible. 
that? Do you see how much damage that guy does? I don't think it, it does a lot for him. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Deltia, did you just say that was a terrible ultimate? It's a terrible ultimate. Are you serious? Okay, we you do have, have a you show have, to do, guys. Let's not okay, what, what you have negate. Negate is the most powerful ultimate in the game. You can oh. stun lock an entire group, add 15% crit, and they can't cast. Get rid of the little crazy Atronach. I love my Atronach. He has saved our butt so many times. I put him on the ground and I go, just let him do all the work. And we stand there and we live because my Atronach is just beast mode, smacking and shocking the crap out of every enemy around me. I love that Atronach. All right, we're going to save this discussion for just a little later. Okay. 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 Because okay. we're talking synergies here. Well, it's a synergy. I know, I know. And the main reason why I brought that up was if you look at the math, the math, yes, he does more damage when I'm channeling. But does his damage while him channeling add up to him doing his normal attacks and my damage added? Mm -mm. Nope. It doesn't. So while, yeah, his numbers are going up, um, by yeah. himself, let's just say he does 500 damage by himself, just in his full duration. I do 600 damage by myself. And when I'm energizing it, he goes up to 800. Well, 800 damage, but together we do 1100. If I just don't use the ability. That's 300 more damage. Yes, 300 oh, you're more throwing, damage. You're throwing him numbers out, bro? I know. You, I really wish like <laughs> our side was live so you could see her face. Her eyes are like wide open at the moment. It's just, I mean, it, yeah, I, I hate to hurt your feelings, but it's a terrible ultimate. Okay, that, you know what, that's, that's fine. That's so do I <laughs> And I'm only time, talking... Hold on, hold on. Next time you're dying, I am not going to call Fluffy. He won't help you. All right. Okay? And then when you die, me and Fluffy and are going to have a party on your corpse. And then I'll ask where your ultimate was. I don't care what ultimate. Just don't bring him in. Put, put Negate down and see if I do any better. All right. Because right, we'll 15% more crit is pretty nice. Anyway, the main idea of this is the, removing those useless synergies. I'll just bring Pookie. Pookie. I hate Pookie. Um, to make it more useful. And I, I think it, it would be something that's kind of neat to, to do. Because right now, yeah, like in your case, you just spam it whether or not it's good or not. But they need to be something that you think about, like when you hit it's them at the right it's time. Shiny and it's shiny. Flashes. Right. Well, I, I don't, I don't think there's a problem with synergy right now. There, okay, there's some that are obviously underwhelming, but look at luminous shards. Look at necrotic orb. Mm -hmm. Those are some juggernaut synergies. Look at talons. That's oh, a really good tanks one. Tanks love you if, with luminous shards like that. Just drop it on the tank and they will like French kiss. So I, I think it's a really cool dynamic to the game that other games don't have is you have to think about it. And yes, you're exactly right. If you hit the stupid taunt one, guess what happens? You just wasted tons of DPS. So it's not just something you can just spam and just go crazy with. You really have to time it right. Right. And by changing it so that they reduce the number of press X you see on your screen, but make it more useful as a whole people will want those abilities because i know people right now who they they look at two abilities and go all right well this one says it provides a more powerful ultimate or this one increases the ability well i'm going to pick the one that just increases my abilities because who's gonna hit the ultimate or whatever the case may be or the ultimate may suck you know it's like why why do the synergy why do it at all i don't know all right, so synergies are getting a revamp, which is pretty sweet. Global changes for abilities. They're trying to make 
Uh, clear ability or more clear ability drive stats. Abilities will vary or will very obviously scale off either stamina or magicka, and use the relevant crit chance for that resource. Now, this was a problem, especially for Templars at the beginning. If you were like the Adric Spear line, uh, which is arguably your tanking or your melee abilities, all scaled off spell damage. Like why? You didn't right. have spell damage. Like your 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 biting jabs, which is arguably one of the, uh, I think one of the best single target attacks in the game. It's arc. It does a lot of damage. It was scaling off spell power, and if you weren't a full caster, why would you do it? It was useless. It, it, so I think that's gonna be kind of neat. Um, let's see what's next. Buff is they're looking at ability uses versus CC immune bosses. So hmm. changing the way that. CC works on bosses to make it more viable would be kind of neat. That's kind of cool. What I think Atropos said, and I don't remember when he said it, but it would be kind of cool if uh, NPCs had crit. Mm-hmm. Then impenetrable wouldn't be cold, completely useless, and you'd have to deal with spike damage versus a flat mid line. Well, I think that would be kind of cool. Other MMOs had crit damage. Right. Like, uh, again, Warcraft, one of the best rating one games out there. Tanks were at one point needed to have a certain level of, I forget what the stat was, they removed it eventually and they made it so that as long as you were a tank and had an ability, you had it. But bosses could crit and you had to have a special crit resistance up to like 6% in order to make sure you weren't crit because if a boss would crit you, it could one shot. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So yeah, that would be kind of neat. Okay, but they're talking about, you know, there's certain abilities, specifically, let's talk about Templar, because that's what I know. Binding Javelin is the worst ability in the world to use on a boss, because it's all CC, and bosses are CC immune. But they're talking about maybe making a secondary effect that if a boss is CC immune, it gives a temporary buff to the player instead. Like, increases their armor, or... To make those abilities that are technically CC stuff, useful. Because I wouldn't put Binding Javelin on my bar at all, if I was fighting a boss, it's worthless. It does nothing. Very little damage, too much magic it costs, and while the CC is great for PvP, it does nothing in PvE. So, blocking during ability usage. They're trying to change the way blocking works to make blocking feel more responsive, and they want and Zoss wants there to be a trade-off between acting defensively <clears throat> and your offensive potential. Some uh, alternative treatments are being considered. And it's a problem that they're working on. So similar, I guess tanks are just holding their shield up blocking. That's what you do. No, I'm, casters are. Casters are just blocking all right, the time. Because, because then you, you get the benefit of blocking. You don't really have to move too much. And then, so you don't get one shot that way. And it's just cheesy. Yeah, so you, you can't heavy attack by blocking, but you can cast. So you can just do your regular stuff. So I think it's a big it's a big fix. I think there needs to be, and especially tanks too, you have to be like vulnerable at some time. This is the problem with PvP. I can hold block and cast, so you can't really get through my block and CC me. Mm -hmm. So you're just playing the stamina game at that point. Another problem with stamina. There you go. Right. Um, finally, uh, just talking about abilities, AoE target cap updates. They're changing the way AoE targets work where damage is no longer going to have a cap of so many players. But they're talking about adding um, diminishing returns for the number of players hit. So, like, the first six players will take full damage. The next six takes 50% and so on and so on. 
which pretty neat. So now you'll be able to AoE an entire Zerg, but, you know, I don't know. But they're also making it so that healing is still capped at six targets. Eh, they need to do it to 12. If you're doing trials, healing spring needs to hit everything. Okay, I, I agree with that. Um, but I think that I think that's a way of keeping the heal parties in Zergs just from being able to heal everything at one shot. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you're talking about... Go ahead. I'm sorry, I think I'm seeing on the stream that it went dead. Oh, crap, it did. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I've had problems. I put it back up, my bad. All right, no problem. So, I'm so sorry to, to interrupt you, <coughs> Natia. No, no, nope. we need to know when that's down. That's fine. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Am I read it now? We're good? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're gonna talk now we're gonna move off abilities. We're gonna talk about itemization, which is honestly one of my favorite things in MMOs because it's rewards. Everyone likes getting shinies. We really do. Okay. Yeah, shinies are fun. Itemization. Undaunted monster helms. Undaunted Yo! monster helms will drop off the last boss in veteran dungeons, while shoulders drop from the undaunted repeatable quests. Oh. These items add additional set bonuses and procs that will have interesting effects while, which synergize with the player's abilities. All right, I'm going to interrupt you right there. I'm going to stop you. These are going to be fun to add because so. these little things, like five set bonuses are great. You go for a five set on your main thing. Great, I got it. But now you can play with these fun abilities, so which cool. we'll talk about. Go ahead, now continue. Okay. These helm-shoulder combos have one- and two-piece bonuses. Some examples of two-piece bonuses include Daedroth. Adds a chance to summon a Daedroth when you use light and heavy attacks. <laughs> spider Daedra. Wow. Summons a Spider Daedra, which snares and deals damage over time to enemies in the area. Dwemer. Adds a chance to summon a Dwemer Centurion when you use abilities which will channel a beam, which restores your Magicka, Stamina, or Health. as a random chance. Clan Fear, mm. Lamia, Lamia Queen, and uh. Drogue King. At first, these items will drop from the last boss in Veteran Dungeons, but adding these to Normal Mode Dungeons is on their to-do list. Alright. These, these, the specific builds and stuff will want to go after very specific things. Yep. Like, as a damage dealer who, like, a stamina damage dealer, that Daedroth sounds like it would be great for me. Because I'm using light and heavy attacks a lot. But maybe somebody else, like a caster or whatever, or a healer would want Dwemer things for a chance to summon, you know, restore magic of stamina health. Those are awesome. Or a tank would love those. You know what I mean? Like, there'll be, you can make builds and go, this benefits me most. I really like it. This is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, just fun little things. I, I want to collect them all. Like Pokemon. I'm collecting them all. I would love the Daedroth one, but not the Spider Daedra one. So you're saying that's all you're going to wear? Spider Daedra? No, 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 no. All right, Delty, let's get her a Spider Daedra. No. Make her wear it. Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to you know, log into her account and like get the Spider Daedra on her. And when she logs in, she'll be wearing it. She won't ever even be able to log into uh, her yeah, character. Yeah, I'll never be able to look at my gorgeous character again. It'll just bring me nightmares. <laughs> Res, uh, Res Rider and Trav's like, who wouldn't want to summon a Daedroth? I mean, Ex seriously. Exactly. <laughs> See? It just sounds amazing. So then I can have Fluffy, I can have Pookie, and I can have Daedroth. These are things I'm talking about. These are fun things to have in a game. Not just, oh, great, this item increases my 
my health and magicka by so much. Yay. R increases my crit by a little bit. Yay. These are fun things. You sound so enthused. Well, these are fun things that you want to go after. These are things that people are like, this is what I want. You know, this is going to be great. Um, general itemization changes, gold drop rates, more variance in gold drop per enemy. Some enemies might drop no gold, but others may have larger amount. I like that. That just, that, I'm so sad. You want to talk about lore breaking. Why in the world if, are you, would a wolf have seven gold and a magic fire ring? You know, Honestly. Sometimes them animals like like to swallow soul stems and they swallow sacks of gold when they're attacking, you know, random random people and bandits. It happens. They they just secretly have gold shoved up their butts. So when you search their butt sack, you gather it. I see. See, that's just what happens. I see. All right, AVA rewards for the worthy will now include gold rewards. Eh, good ways to get income. That's fine. And the role of crafting. They're figuring out ways to make achieving top-tier crafted gear more of a challenge. Thank you, Divines. I want crafted gear to be um, good, but I don't... You know what sucks? Like, the way, like, when VR14 came out, there was a rush on gear. But it's like, yeah... Just add one more void stoning it and give me some more tempering out like done. There needs to like as a master crafter, making things challenging to get, which means that I can then sell them for more. You know, like I can make bank off of crafting top tier crafted gear because not everyone can do it. You know? What what do you have to say, Thaise? You're kinda of laughing. There. Oh no, I'm laughing at chat. I was not listening to a word you just said. Oh, okay. All right. I'm what sorry. do you think? Uh, well, Delphi? share share a story. Okay. Well, I, I said fluffy, pookie, and then my day drop. So Luna T E S fangirl said fluffy, pookie, and I think you need a cuter name for your day drop. So I said Paul. Paul. Paul the day drop. So it'll be Paul. fluffy, pookie, and Paul. Not Franklin. Nope. Paul. Okay. Well, I'm gonna name mine Franklin. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, role of crafting Deltia the. Working on ways of making top-end crafted gear more of a challenge. What do you think about that? I think that's great, but there has to be a reason that people want it. If the drop sets are the ultimately the most powerful, there's no point in crafting. Sure. If you make it now, I think when they get the Imperial City straightened out, and then they have that where uh, it only opens up for your faction, that's going to be cool. And they have to have like the nine, the two Munda stones. That's a really good change because there's a major incentive for that to get that. Um, that's what makes crafting valuable. And adding traits, great idea, because then people have to spend 30 days getting that trait. And it's really going to make the crafters viable versus not. Sure. Yeah, well, I think my current problem is the crafting gear now is too easy to get, okay? And it's viable up to, like, some people don't even take the trials gear because it doesn't have the stats they want. Um. So, I don't know. I, I think top-end crafted gear should be on par with raiding gear, but I think it should take raiding-like effort in order to make it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, read this next section for me. Trade updates. Okay. Reinforced, ornate, intricate items. Are, are you okay? Yes, just continue. 
Making these traits more rewarding. Wait, you looked like you were in pain. Gosh, making these traits more rewarding when they are used for their intended purpose. Exploration, adding a more combat useful bonus to grant increased experience slash VP gain from killing enemies as well as discovering new locations. Charged, they are working on some ideas to make this more effective. Weighted, changing the way that haste works in general to reduce the cooldown of abilities. Sharpened, with the addition of the champion system, the armor and spell resistance of monsters will be increased to be more in line with player values, so this trait will be more effective. More or less, they're making things, they're making the other traits more desirable, so not everyone is taking precise divines and infused. I think that's the current problem, is that's what all people do right now, because those are the, clearly the best. See, I would actually use reinforce because I'm in awe. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Finish, finish your thought. Finish right. your thought. But he was laughing at That's me. That's because he did the math. The problem is with the way the game currently is, and with the champion system be a little different, reinforced is practically worthless because it's so easy to hit soft cap even in light armor. Plus, a lot of abilities give you soft cap armor anyways immovable lightning form for the sork most people are using an ability that makes you max armor anyways i, okay. I, I understand well, well, what well, you're if saying if i wasn't doing the math um then i that's something that in in my head mm -hmm. i would use to make myself not as squishy and because it would make sense yeah. right that that thought yeah. is what people should think right like that is that is the thought you should have the problem is game mechanics don't support that currently, and that's why they're trying to buff it to make it so your thought oh, process well, I, makes sense. I understand that. Because your thought process is right. That's how people should be thinking. But when you do the math and realize, well, technically speaking, I can get to cap and not even need this. Why would I? You know, that's not your fault in the, in the thought process. You're right. The game mechanics are broken. That's the problem. I don't remember what charged does. Uh, I think it makes uh, your your enchantments on your weapons recharge faster. Okay. Because well, there's a you have more ICD. charges. Oh, more charges. Are you sure that's yeah. it? Because uh, I'm pretty sure because there's an ICD on charges, like internal cooldown. So like when you do a, like a fire, like your thing does fire, it can't do it again on the next mm, hit. He said more charges. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah. So instead of recharging a soul gem every once in a while, you have more. Like it's mm. completely worthless. Okay, I could be wrong though. I, I really think it's the internal cooldown, but I could be wrong too. Neither here nor there. No one really uses it. Okay. Um, all right. So there's new item sets which we talked about earlier. Uh, the veteran city of Ash. There'll be an item set which is fun. People like item sets. They do. Item sets are fun. They're fun things to get. Uh, new crafting set, Twice Born Star, The Undaunted, which we're excited about. They're buffing the trial sets, which I'm going to say this right now. The trial sets are great, but I think there's... Depends how much they buff it. If they're so much better that crafting can't keep yeah. up with it, you're going to cause a problem with crafters because I think crafters should have a role in endgame. I think it'd be great if crafters could pull trait stones out of AV, of trials gear and go, oh, you got a reinforced trait? Well, what would you like in there? I can pull it out. 
that would be a really cool idea. And that's but a really you got to make it hard to attain. Like maybe they need a special rare item to do it. Like the how they introduce the Nurncrux, which is kind of rare to get. Maybe you need a rare item, like a, a special, I don't know, whatever it is, to pull it out. But that would make the item sets better. Thais, what do you got to say? I actually didn't know until you mentioned it earlier that they don't drop legendary. That you have to go to a crafter to mm-hmm. do that. Which, even if the trial sets are buffed, they still won't be legendary. You're still going to have to go to your friend who's maxed right. with all the passives who gets all these items yeah. from dismantling to be like, hey, I, I kind of need you to buff this up for me a little bit. True, but the reason why they're saying trial trial sets as of right now are like 3 or 4% better. Like, in stat-wise, like the armor's a little higher. Well, that, that just makes me think, I wonder why they're buffing them. Well, they're probably making them stand out a little bit more because there's still not really a reason to pick the trial sets over the crafted sets and the crafted bonuses, except for in very specific situations. Because, again, you can't pick what... You you could get, I don't know, reinforced as a trait, and no one needs reinforced. You you get exploration. Oh, yeah, my favorite. Exploration off a VR-14 piece. Yeah. That's useful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know that was a big complaint with uh, Dragonstar Arena. You get, like, VR-14 pieces. Oh, this is so... Exploration. Well... Exploration, yeah. (laughs) There's that. More experience when discovering new areas. You look like I'm VR-14. I have all the maps explored already. This is about as worthless as you can get. And also one of my favorites, ability-altering weapons. That's um, that's sick. At, they're going to add an ability-altering weapon for every active weapon ability in the game eventually. And uh, they'll now give players stats and be visually represented by unique weapons based, off, based on monster effects. I wow. saw the one that increases cleave or does something funky with cleave, and I'm like, you I saw want it? it. You saw the weapon? Well, I saw Picture. the stat on it. No, I didn't see the. Oh, I was. Like, I hope I, they have unique skins. Tomorrow, I'm tired of all the skins. <laughs> tomorrow, I am logging on that PTS right away. I want to see if that crap's on there. Oh yeah. Well, that's the one thing I really liked from the Yukudan set was that it wasn't just a red guard sword. It had a unique skin. You know, and it looks awesome. That armor looks awesome. Yeah. I like the crafty gear that the crafty gear has. Like you can make specific looks, but I like that the special sets have unique skins. That's not just rehash. That way, when you see someone with a Yakutan sword, you go, "I know exactly what that yeah, is." Because no that one else can get. Yeah. Now, can I say something really, Absolutely. really, really bad? Okay. Sometimes I don't take drop sets just because I don't want to look derpy. You know what? Looking good while being awesome is like ninety percent of this. <laughs> it, it is. Yes, yeah. I agree. So like, that's the not the non mid maxer in me speaking there. The non mid maxer in me is talking. I love the look of heavy armor, but I want oh, yeah. a DPS character. But if I wear heavy armor, I'm I'm gimping myself. I don't yep. want to wear medium armor because I can't find any medium armor that looks as good as like full plate imperial. I love the look of that. It looks sick. It does. But that's why, and there's a question where they ask if they're going to add a transmog system. What's that? uh, The ability to take appearance of some items and place it over your other items. So it's kind of like how the costumes work. But you'd be able to, say you get the Yakutan chest piece and you really like it, but you're like wearing a crafted set. And you're like, well, I really want the look of that, but the stats of this, you can do that. What they say? They're thinking about adding it. No plans oh. currently. Like it's not actively being worked on, but they they do have it on their wish list. I I would 
enjoy that. There's there's a bunch of different chess pieces that I've seen that, that look really nice. I forget. Was it Delty or it might have been you? Or we were talking to. I can't remember. We were talking about how to utilize the costume feature. They I said to, that. Yeah. yeah, it was you. They need to add an ability that you can put on armor, make it look the way you want, and then be like, create costume, and it creates a one-item costume that throws it on that you can just use your costume. That's a perfect transmog system. And it all it can be a crafting thing, so only high-level crafters could do that it. Perf- you know how much money crafters could make? Final Fantasy. Doss, I hope you're listening to this episode. Oh, yeah. Final Fantasy has a glamour system where you can make glamours to make gear look like other gear. Only high-end crafters can make it, and they make really? bank off selling yeah. those crystals because everyone wants to look yeah. like how they want to look. You got to play dress up. I play dress up for like fifteen hours once I get to the end game. I'm like, oh, I don't like this little well, shoe. And yeah, you know. well, look at look at the die system. How long do we spend with the dice? Oh, hours, hours to this the, day. Still, the, the ability to make a costume, like putting on all the armor and weapons, and go make costume, and then be able to put that on, then switch your gear around. That would be awesome. It really. Would, what about jewelry crafting? You could combine that into something. Yeah. So like an appearance thing or something. I think that would. But yeah. Anyways, we're rambling. I'm rambling. In jewelry crafting. You can be um like a costume orb. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, anything like that. All right. Um. Let's see. I'm trying to look over here. They had some gameplay itemization questions, but I didn't really think any of this is really all that um interesting. Because like some of it was like the, the the possibility of increasing the action bar capacity beyond five abilities. No. And Zoss says it's it's about meaningful choices. And Zoss is it. working on buffing some of the less used and niche abilities to be more powerful. But they like having players face trade-offs in the way they set up their characters for any given fight. They're considering adding some kind of loadout manager. Thank you. Built Wicked. into the UI. Yeah, Wicked already has it, but they are talking about making one automatically done, and I think that's great. Uh, into the UI, make it easier for players to swap out sets in between combat. I like the idea of being able to... Yeah, I would like the idea of having all my abilities. It would clutter my bar, but I also understand the idea of having to make meaningful... De- we talked a little bit earlier about the changes to two-hand. I'm sitting there going, what am I going to drop in order to get these new abilities? Like, I know I'm going to need them, you know, but what am I going to drop? What can I sacrifice in order to do this? Well, and that's what you should do. The traditional MMO or me says, when I first played this game, I'm like, this is the stupidest thing ever. I have to only pick five abilities and then one ultimate. I'm like, I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. Because I'm used to clicking 30 buttons in a sequence, you know? And then you get in here and you realize it's the best thing ever because no Dragon Knight is really the same. They really aren't from the morphs to whatever. They had the calculation on, you know, how how diverse you can be. But it really feels like when you go up against a Dragon Knight, you don't know what they're doing. You don't know if they have these five abilities. Yeah, they probably have a couple of them. But you know what I mean? I love that feeling of your character is really unique. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Faith? Um, this is the only thing that I <laughs> despise. Wait a minute, doesn't Wildstar Whoa. limit your abilities too? You have like nine. You have more. Yeah, you, have, you, have, you have more slots. And you also, <laughs> that's only for your active abilities. You have like four more on the side, which are for different abilities. Like you're able to have more though. And in that game, you can switch between skill sets really quickly. You can have like five or six different ones that you can switch on the fly. Do we have a beeper? 
Like, you know, like where someone says a swear word and it beeps it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to beep out. I'm going to take that out. I'm gonna Wild Stars like, is the now. You're the one there. who asked. I know, but the we game that must it. not be named. But you're the one who... I, anyway. No, anyway. I'm going to Fusro Dot. So you'd be like, what about Fusro Dot? Wild Star. Wild Star. <laughs> I don't care. I can, I'm the editor. I'll remove all of it. But that's, I'll, that's I'll, the uh, only thing that I can't stand. <laughs> I hate not having all my abilities. Why? Why can't I have them all? I want to be able to choose from all of my abilities. That's why you give me all these abilities. Like, why am I... Why? I just... I don't understand. It's like League of Legends. It's deck building. I mean, that's how the game's designed. And technically speaking, even even games like Guild Wars 2 technically only gave you four abilities. You had all your weapon abilities, but technically you already have weapon abilities in this game with your left, right... Like... You know, your light attacks, your heavy attacks, your interrupts. Those are technically abilities that you have. So if you add each one, light, heavy, uh, block, your interrupts, you know, you got four abilities right there. Technically, you got nine abilities plus an ultimate plus a, you know, if you think about all the stuff you can do there. You're dodging. But sometimes when you're when you're fighting, I, I, I sometimes when I'm fighting... If I'm surrounded by enemies, I'm spamming one button. Because when I'm surrounded by enemies, only one attack will work. Because I can only have one AoE move on my bar. What if there's another AoE move that I want to use? I can't have it on the bar. Hmm. Sometimes I get tired of choice. using impulse. You have Say to make again? hard choice. You have to make hard choices, and that's why this is unique. But that's what drives me crazy. I shouldn't have to make those choices because there's so many skills in the game. Just let me use them all. I want them all on my bar. Oh, I, I'd be having all a 200 them. bar. I'd have a, my whole screen would be ability. I, I would just have yeah, an ability. That's all you're sitting there. So you can't even see the game anymore. It's just abilities. No. Well, that's like how it... Wow, you can have all your abilities. Yeah, Final but they Fantasy, all, you can have all your abilities. They also don't have near... And you know how many bars you can have in Final Fantasy? They got like eight bars. If you have them all on your screen, you can't even see half the stuff. Who would need all those bars? No one. I got to tell you right now, I think ESO has way more abilities than either Final Fantasy or WoW does. Well, the problem with those other games is like it's cookie cutter. Everyone runs this certain spec, you know, 31 points on this tree. Mm -hmm. And you know exactly what abilities they have and what they should be running. And then if but you that's, don't, but that's if, what people do on here anyway. When, when people when people put up their builds. Um, builds are, are specific, but they're also when you build a Nobody, if they're smart, should put a build saying, I do everything with this build. Because it's not true. You, you can't. can't do everything with all of I don't change my sorcerer. All right, maybe you not want to admit that. Because, well, perfect example. We were doing, um, <laughs> what boss were we doing? It was uh, Fungal Grotto Veteran. Uh, we were running with our friend Ark. He's in chat right now. Ark. Arkalicia. He specifically had to use Inner Beast because the one boss you can't tank, you have to range tank it. Like, he wouldn't use the uh, range taunt for any other fight. He's like, I don't need to. I'd run in, I'd do whatever. But for that particular fight, he couldn't use his ransack. He couldn't get close to it. There are specific fights where you have to do certain things. And that's where I think a loadout manager, like, you could have a general use build. And I'm, all I'm going to say is, even in your Final Fantasy and, and Warcraft, because I'm going to tell you the same. If I'm questing, I use three abilities. Specific or whatever. Like, I have a rotation that I use. But most people come up with a very simple rotation that they do most things with. Great. But there impulse, are certain impulse, 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 impulse. whatever. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm a sork. Most people use a com they have a common thing like 
on my on my two-handed guy, I'm I weave in between heavy attacks, cleave, and execute. That's what I do most things with. Okay. Standard questing, you know, grinding, killing mobs. That's what I do. But specific other times, I have to change my build up and use abilities that I didn't think I'd necessarily need. See, it's so funny hearing you say that because I've never had to change any of my abilities. There's never, I've never encountered a situation where I went, hmm, that ability's gonna have to go. I haven't. There's been no situation. You've also, technically speaking, we've done very limited endgame-ish content. We've done a few veteran dungeons, etc. That Wait may change. Wait till you change. get to Dragonstar. Dragonstar is so different. It's yeah. like, there's well, one mechanic was... where you have to run. Then there's another mechanic where you have to, someone you're, negates a crappy ultimate. And then there's, so you're constantly switching between <coughs> skills Excuse and me. loadouts. I heard him say negates a crappy ultimate. Only for specific fights. For one fight. I, I guess I just, I like having all my options in front of me. So I having like to choose options. only five five things, it just, it hurts me on the inside. All right, here's something, one question I did want to pull out here, and I think Zenimax, you are a re for saying this. The multi-dependency of stamina in combat, is this something that is a concern for the future? Have you considered the possibility of implementing a separate resource pool for defensive actions? And Derp Derp Zenimax goes, Stamina users have several advantages when it comes to using defensive actions. They can take those actions more frequently because they're larger pool and have their magic reserves for using defensive uh, or, or buff abilities. We have seen the suggestions of separate resource pool, but it's not something we are considering for now. Problem is, we're still running out of stamina, period. It's not regenerating fast enough for us to use. You guys are stupid. There, I said it. Whoa. I'm calling him out on that one. That was a dumb call. Dumb call. Yeah. Gotta gotta point out the striped horse here every once in a while. All right. Let's move on to the next section here because we are moving on. Writing and lore. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because lore and writing is something that is very important to me. But, I mean, in reality, this can be really summed up in very, very short, simple terms. In terms of writing, they talk a little bit about you know their writing mechanics and how they do stuff and how they're trying to, to make visual storytelling and, 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 and ways to make the world feel real. Fantastic. Meaningful choices are great. Giving us There's a lot of meaningful choices when doing questing. If you're just skipping quest text, maybe you don't realize it, but if you listen to Thaises and I story time at all, you realize we've, we've agonized over certain, certain decisions. I still feel bad that I took the two skill points... And let Shaylagora take the one person spoiler, by the way. But you guys probably. Whoa, are- whoa. Don't be divulging that spoiler. It's true. It is. That's a that's a tough one. And you have to take the two skill points. I did not want to let her, you know. Yeah. I didn't want to let her either, but I couldn't give up two skill points. I don't know if that really shows me as a person, but. <laughs> you're a piece of crap. Yeah, you're just a filthy American that would take money over morals anytime. Go it back to the power. garage. But it she, was power. But she seemed so happy to go with him. She just wanted the butterfly. As much as, much as we tried to rationalize, I know we went that way. That was you. us trying to sugarcoat you. our bad decisions. I rationalized yeah, all it those on the people we butchered. We absolutely, they were awful. I think that person forgot to return a video to the video store on time. They and needed it wasn't to die. Rewound. And it wasn't rewound. That was us just trying to make ourselves feel better for our crappy decision. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we rationalize. That's what we do. Yeah. 
All right. Now, that being said, when they're talking about lore and how... I love the Elder Scrolls lore. Now, there are some people who are like, well, and the lore's changed in ESO. I, I love this one specific term that uh, Lord Schick talks about. It's there is okay. no lore gospel like in Middle Earth or Forgotten Realms. It, there's not. There's no one correct, this is how the lore is. And the way they explain it, and it's fantastic, and if you go back and play any of the games, you see it. The lore is dependent and told by the NPCs in the game. So you are living the lore of, of Nern through the eyes of the NPCs you're dealing with. And it's kind of like playing telephone, the little game telephone when you're a kid. The story, by the time it reaches you as it passes from person to person, changes and changes. I mean, perfect example of this. And this is actually canon lore from, from the previous games. Lorecon, which is one of two of one of two of the only universally acknowledged deities in the game, in the game world, in the in the intellectual property, that is both despised and loved by different groups of people. Depending on who you talk to, he's either a devil or a saint. And it's all lore-based and canon based on how the different groups of people see his role in creation. Nords see him as a messiah, Elves see him as like a Loki or a trickster god, which is true. That's the best part about TES lore. No one really knows because it, the lore is told from the point of view of the characters in the game. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And yeah, that's really all I'm going to talk about in the lore because I know, you know, like I guess the last word he says here is like when it comes to writing a new piece of lore, instead of saying that's not Elder Scrolls, we say here's how we do that in Elder Scrolls. Ultimately, gameplay wins, but lore gets the last word. So everything is taken in with the lore, but the way the lore is written, even in older games, it's all done from a perspective of individual characters and people, and their experiences affect how how they see the world. Anyone have anything they want to add on lore in, in the game? That was my little, my little, that's, that's your rant. That was my rant. And honestly, guys, I love the lore of this universe. Probably more. I would, I would defy anyone to say they like the lore or know more about the lore than I do. Like I really would. I would do a trivia game with this. So I, I love the lore of Elder Scrolls, but I understand how they write it and stuff like that. It, it is done from a very interesting perspective, and it makes the world very rich because there are so many varying um, ideas on the same topic. Everyone knows that Lorcan exists, but no one really knows what he actually did. I'm a Nord. I think he's a messiah. He very well might have been the evil little bastard the elves think he is. I don't know. It's great. I like the chat. Good rant. <laughs> oh, and uh, TS Fangirls, each new TS game, in quotes, breaks the lore from the last. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, things change as the as the story and history is written. No one else has anything to say about lore? Nope. Although you, I, I think I you cover a library's worth. It's good. <laughs> I, I did find one of the questions humorous. The question was, how do you feel about players who abuse traditional TS lore and incorrectly naming characters? And the answer was, we fully support people having lore-correct names, but we don't force people to do that. 
For example, we spent months convincing the UI people that they had to allow the grow and grow portions of orc names to remain uncapitalized. I think they're specifically talking about not only that, but Argonia names. <coughs> Deltiasgaming.com for an Argonian name. Oh, Deltia. <laughs> what happened? Uh, the the question was specifically know, going, how I, do people joking. abuse traditional lore names like how you know Argonians are named like stands and fire. That's what they Del- call themselves. Gaming.com. That was my new Argonian name. Yes, yeah. and that was terrible. And that was an abuse of the lore, but I loved it. Oh, no, that was great. It's all shameless self-promotion. <laughs> but that question right there was specifically aimed at you, good sir. Like, that was them looking at you through a scope right now. That's, that's, what, that's it. All right. I like my Argonian. Sings in darkness. Stands in fire. That was mine. Love stands in fire. All right, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Trials, Dungeons, and Arenas, which we're hit on. This is from the the content section. Uh, Things that are coming soon. Why don't you go ahead and read these? these. Okay, let's see. Uh, Coming soon in Dungeons. Scaling. Group instances will scale to your group leader's level. Using LFG, the dungeon will be plus or minus two levels from the group leader. Balance improvements. Tweaks to mob composition, health, damage, and abilities. Once the champion system comes online, these systems will change again to scale appropriately to the new adjustments. Grouping improvements. Quests in dungeons are shareable, and if you enter the dungeon late, your quest will be advanced to the current stage. Undaunted Enclaves. An enclave exists in each capital where normal and veteran dungeon quests are available, completing... Optional objectives increases your reward tier. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So let's talk about this. We talked about a little bit. Scaling groups will scale to the group leader's level. That's awesome, including the looking for group. Uh, the dungeon will be plus or minus two levels of the group leader. That's really cool. I like it. Making dungeons viable. Balance improvements. Yes, we know that. Uh, once the champion system comes live, these systems will change again to scale appropriately with new adjustments. Um Quest and dungeons are shareable. I know that was an issue when we first started the game. Some of the bugs we hit was like if I entered the dungeon first, I picked up the quest, and the guy immediately started talking before you guys entered, you guys couldn't accept it. Like, we'd have to leave, I'd have to drop it, we'd all have to be in, and we have to accept it at the same time. Those were problems. Now being able to share quests is really cool. I like that. And of course, Undaunted. Love it. Deltia. Let's talk about Undaunted Enclaves. Um, completing optional objectives increases your reward tier. They're going to have a standard kind of like uh, the... What were they in Warcraft? The challenge dungeon, challenge, challenge mode dungeons where you got specific bronze, silver, gold ratings. They're adding these into your daily quest where you get better rewards based on your performance. And it's several different things. It's time, deaths, um, completing additional objectives... Things like this are things you'd have to do. Like, maybe you could only at max if you have no deaths, no, nothing like that. Could Maybe you can only pull off a silver rating if you don't take out, like, the additional optional bosses. What do you think about that, Deltia? The added, the added uh, difficulties? Is that what you mean? The, about the tier system, like the tier rewards for completing optional objectives. Sounds interesting. It'll get abused and mechanicalized, like just like everything else. But I'd like I want to see it. It doesn't make it'll give incentive to do like optional bosses and stuff. So just more things to do inside of the dungeon. So I think it's a good thing. Uh, tell me a little bit. How do you think it'll get abused? I just I'm kind of curious what your views on that are. 
<laughs> we're gamers. We're going to find a way to exploit and find the fastest, easiest, derpiest way to do something. Believe me. I don't know right now, but I'm going to find some little derpy exploit in there. Trust oh, me. You're me saying or some other, some, me or someone else will find some little derpy thing in there. Believe okay. Me. So you're saying like... You're going to find the easiest way, sorry about that, babe, to hit gold rating. Like, okay. As fast as you can without enjoying anything, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. You only need to kill this boss and this boss if you don't hit any deaths. In the first three minutes, and you got to go left on this pillar, and yeah, and it won't be fun after the first thousand times doing it. But you don't have to play like me, because it's, yeah. There's Arguably that. speaking, though, that happens in, like, anywhere. And after so many runs, I mean... I don't know about you, but like I, I get the idea of speed runs. I've done other games. Final Fantasy has the speed runs where when you were farming a specific like raid currency or, or gearing currency, there were speed runs where there was an optimal way to run the dungeon that in a couple minutes you could finish it. By the time I had to do this for like 500 times, I wanted those speed runs just because the the fun way to do the dungeon was only fun the first couple times where you took your time, you ran it. And by the end, I'm only looking at the reward. That happens no matter what. I mean, look at like any game, League of Legends, like there's a there's an optimal way to win the game in so many minutes, blah blah blah. If it takes longer than that, you're technically losing out on your ELO rating because it should only take you so many minutes. You're wasting time and and chances at winning by making games longer. It happens, no matter what you play. Yeah, I'm just saying, that's it, it's cool, sounds great, but it's going to get trivialized, just like everything else. Okay. Um, okay, and we already talked about Veteran City of Ash, but they kind of talked about a new dungeon, Imperial City Prison. The prison has proceeded through the typical design phase from conception to near completion. The devs have prepared for creating this dungeon by researching the context, player expectations, future needs, and inspiration behind any dungeon space. Next, they start a process of brainstorming story ideas, boss ideas, locations, and big moments. In this prison, the Daedra Larenth with whom players are familiar, wants revenge on the Warden. The implementation process includes a, an iterative cycle of developing layout, story, and encounter planning. The encounter leads up to Lord Warden Dusk, a boss-level Grievous Twilight, which looks awesome. Another boss in Icy Prison is a Flesh Abomination. The inspiration for the Flesh Colossus-type monsters was their depiction in the live-action Blur trailers. The first boss of the prison, prison is the Flesh Sculptor, a diabolical Daedra who creates flesh abominations to battle the party. Other new monster types include the Necrotic Horror and the Daedra. The devs showed a video of this new dungeon design also, and it is very reminiscent of the starting Oblivion experience, with a definitive ESO and Cold Harbor infused twist. I love dark dungeons, and one thing I was specifically talking about one of my favorite expansions, some people would hate this, in Warcraft was uh, Wrath of Lich King. I love that whole undead dark thing. So when we're running through Cold Harbor, I, I love that that creepy dark look. I love dark fantasy. It's going to be a lot of fun. I like it a lot. Um, down the road, we're going to talk about more dungeons, trials, arenas, solo arenas. And this is something that's going to be kind of interesting. East that's Harbor. sick. That is sick. Let's... I'm actually going to talk about the uh, the Q and A stuff. Um, we're doing the dungeon trial arena questions. We're going to go over these because these I thought were interesting. 
The trial format in ESO is not representative of the amazing experiences I've had with epic endgame PvE in past games, yeah, me either. The scope, both in terms of mechanics and in terms of storytelling, is not as... What is that word? Grand. grand. Yeah, not as grand. As raids in the past. I think back to an experience like uh, Serpent Shrine Cavern, and the feeling of awe that I was going to be struggling against this content with my friends for months. What are your thoughts on the future of large-scale endgame PvE in ESO, and will players who grow to who grew to love endgame PvE in past games find similar experience to love in the future of ESO? The devs' response? Uh, Rita Tropus is first. Okay, so this was a pretty huge and loaded question, and it led to a bunch of useful discussion. The devs didn't have any direct answers to the question, but seemed very open to feedback from the assembled players. We discussed the difference between normal and hard modes. We discussed the consequences of the soul reservoir and the timing mechanic, as well as the meaning of the leaderboard and the interpretation of those rankings. The dev response? Yeah, read okay. the dev response too. There has been a lot of discussion within the company about the potential for adding more distinction between easy and hard modes, so we can preserve both accessibility of content and the competitiveness that targets hardcore endgame oriented players. Mm -hmm. The devs commented on the difficulty jump between normal and veteran mode, Dragon Star Arena, and how that kind of leap of difficulty both allows players to complete the challenge while simultaneously pushing the limits of more dedicated players. I think Dragon Star Arena was their first real step in what hardcore PvEers wanted. And I think it's great for the game. The normal Dragon Star Arena was hard enough that you it wasn't a walk in the park. But Delta, you you beat it. Is it out of out of range of let's just say the average player of completing it in due time? Uh the average player. We'll just say the average player. You're not going to get in there and pug it with people that don't know what they're doing. Sure. But previous raiding games, you didn't raid. Up until the um, addition of like LFR groups and stuff in like, wow, you still didn't do normal modes with random pugs. You still had to get a little bit of group synergy. But we'll just say a somewhat competent group of players. You can do it. Okay, perfect. The veteran Dragon Star Arena, there's less than 30 people in the new or the uh, the North American Mega Server who have completed it, and I bet most of them are in the same guild, and they just rotate players. But that level of difficulty, I like that it gives hardcore people something to shoot for, and the people who don't really care about doing the hard mode stuff but just want to see the story, it gives them a sense of accomplishment while not being so irritably frustrating that they want to quit the game. I think that is one of the first, one of the best decisions that ESO has put into the game. Like, I, I do, hands down. Okay, how do you feel about external AVA buffs and their impact on encounters and their consequences for the leaderboards? Amen. The goal for the AVA buffs was for them to be a bonus, not a necessity. We are in discussions with Brian Wheeler about the future role of these buffs to reconcile how they affect these encounters now versus where we would like those PvP bonuses to be. We took care of this already with the Grotwood buff. That was never intended to be something that left that zone. So once we realized the players were leveraging that, we made that buff local to the Grotwood area. Simple fix devs. Make the buffs disappear when you enter a dungeon or a trial. Or anything that has to do with leaderboards. 
If it, if it's recorded by a leaderboard, remove the buff. Done. I How mean, that, hard is that to do technologically wise? Is that I, hard? Well, not not real hard. They did it right here with a localized buff for Gratwood. Just remove the buffs. Like sure. when you go in, you can strip the buffs just the same as when you know it's when you go in when you select a campaign, it adds them. You know what the best thing to do? When you as soon as you log in, just remove uh like temporarily remove your character's um uh, alliance or not alliance but you know selection of a campaign make it like you never selected a home campaign it's not hard to remove buffs it, it's a flip one switch that they could do by a zone i know it's not hard i just don't know why they haven't done it yet hmm. it is what about the possibility of randomized puzzles that force the players to think about how to defeat the current challenge without being able to just look up the solution on the internet? We have begun prototype work for a randomized puzzle system, but we want to make sure that the experience that players have when confronting these types of challenges are consistent and enjoyable for everyone. These types of ideas are definitely in discussion. That excites me right there, the fact that they're even talking about it. Blizzard's not talking about. It. They don't want random. They don't. They don't know. They like the standard. This is what you do. People learn it, which is fine for that. But they they won't do it. The fact that these guys are even considering it is a big plus in my book. Delta, what do you think? That they're considering what again? A uh, randomized puzzle system. So like maybe boss is <laughs> doing random things, not just I hate, a I hate thirty percent. It does this. I hate puzzles. You know that. Um, <laughs> but it, that's great. It, making the thing static where, you know, oh, it's going to be this and it's going to be that, th then it becomes boring. But if it's like at 55%, we have no idea what's going to happen. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like I love the idea of bosses having ran. Like, you can know what the, they have 10 abilities. Here they are. Yeah, don't know when they'll use them. You just know they can. I like that. I do. Um... That could be some argument though for like world first people though going oh wow it, we just that we got we fought the RNG boss and we got a, a thing we couldn't beat and those guys didn't you know I don't know arguments either side will will go for for the um, longevity of the game randomized encounters are great for the competitive group people don't like random. It's hard to be competitive when but it's that, right. But that's 1%, if not lower than 1%. So, I mean, you can't cater to the 1% in games. I'm sorry. You, mm. you can have something for them to do, but, you know, it's that's such a small size of your game. You have to make more things than just what they want. Sure, I agree. I'm of the notion, though, if you can hold those 1%, you can hold pretty much anyone else. That's. I disagree. Mm. Face, do you agree or disagree? We might as well get your opinion on that as well. <laughs> I mean, there's really no right answer. Like, that's just my oh, personal yes. belief. If you can make stuff that holds the attention of hardcore gamers who play for like 20 hours a day, there will be plenty of stuff to do for the casual players who only play for a couple hours a week. They will never run out of stuff. They'll never get bored because there's always something for them to do. Unfortunately, there's also that side effect of some players may not like all that because there's so much to do, they get overwhelmed. It's a very delicate balance. It's true. Wait, so what question That's am true. I answering? What do you feel about randomized encounters and should people cater to the 1%, the hard, hardcore? Like, should they make stuff specifically aimed for hardcore? No. No? No, I, I'm, I'm in favor of the randomized puzzles and, and fights. Okay. 
All right. I think it'd be fun. No, I, I agree. Um, all right. You know what I would really like, just speaking of? What? Have a set rotation for the hard course and then have an optional where it's a randomized for bonus rewards that they can do after. Like, there's a set fight. Like, as soon as you start a fight, there, I don't know, be a button on the wall. Do you want standard or hard mode? Standard mode is the, at 50%, they do this. Hard mode is, good luck, see what they do. <laughs> I think that would be neat. Options are always fun. Be, that, that would be insane. Add more achievements. I love it. Anyway, anyway we're going to move on. What about potential for Indiana Jones-style jumping or, or platform challenges? Like, you have to jump from one platform to platform to outrun the rolling boulder. I love this idea. Okay. The response was, we did this a little bit in Craglorn with Shot is Tear with the moving gas clouds. We're developing new tricks to incorporate new ways to have players move through game spaces as well as ways to force them to move in certain ways. I love Guild Wars 2 platforming. I think traditional platforming, as we saw, you know, like the Mario blocks in the air, I think maybe are a little lore-breaking for the type of universe that we're in. But the type of platforming in Guild Wars 2, though, I could see that being a possibility. Possibility, yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. Certain things could be a possibility, like the Azura with their super... Okay, well, obviously not, because that's... That could not exist in this universe, but the ones with the trees and like the magical floating grass. I don't know if there were any magical floating in ESO. No, well, actually, no. All... The aliens might. Well, there you go. well, well actually, there you go. Alien ruins. Yeah, those could be blocks and everything. I, either, you could do some stuff. I think it could work if they implement it correctly. Yeah. I, I love platforming. To, yes, so do I. Very much so. But that's definitely a love-hate. Some people love it. Some people you hate it. it. Well, then, well, Delta doesn't count. He doesn't... He's, All those... I'm going to I'm gonna do the platforming puzzle, be up there at the top, and just taunt Delta. You're going, hey, you can get me. <laughs> and then I'll be up there, too. We can be waving at him. We'll just wave at him. Hi. All right. I, we'll I toss, like the idea. We'll, we'll toss coins at him, so we can hit him on the ground. All right. Are there improvements planned for the looking for group system so it's easier to find a group of players to fill a dungeon? There are big changes coming to the uh, looking for group tool and the way we place players together. The dungeon scaling will help a lot when it comes to putting groups together. Also, the new Undaunted Daily pledges will help a lot because players will be wanting to do the dungeon for the day. We'll, we'll also Whoa. We also fixed a few bugs with the matching system in Update 5. Got to remember, this was a tropus writing this during the stuff. It was probably quick road. Okay. Um... Yeah, because I'm telling you right now, when there's dailies, I'm going to be on there going, hey, I need to run whatever. Let's do it. Right now, I don't have an op, you know, don't really have a real reason once I beat it and get the skill point. But once there's dailies telling me, hey, I can get rewards for it, you better believe I'm going to be out there going, hey, let's do this. Like, every day. I will. I love it. TS Fangirl says Delta doesn't count, so platforming no. all the way. <laughs> she, was, she was actually asking a question. I always saw Delta doesn't count, and that's all that matters. <laughs> you guys go back to your puzzle games on your cell phone, you noobs. Oh. oh. Okay. Where were you and Cyrodiil the day that we were there, huh? I was all ready to kick your butt. I, saw, I, I think Delta is all talk. He's scared of I the Pink Ranger? He is. He is scared of the I Pink am, Ranger. I am 100% all talk, believe me. I believe <laughs> Isn't that what most PvP meatheads are? 90%, 99% talk, and then they just hope they have. That's right. And 1% luck. 1% luck. <laughs> that's, that's all. 9% talk, 1% luck. <laughs> 
What about Dragon Star Arena stages 7 and 9? It seems those particular stages, the mechanics are a bit stacked on top of each other, and it's so difficult to deal with the intended mechanics without getting screwed over. Stage 7 is kind of where the difficulty mode kicks up to big boy mode. We sort of intended it to be a big to be a bit of a concentration test. But there are some changes to stage 9 that are coming because we saw some ways in which that stage was not quite manageable. We're also making some changes to itemization and item drops in Dragon Star in both normal and veteran mode. Namely, that all the mobs will drop money and ornate items, which will help offset some of the repair costs of repeatedly running through the arena. The final boss in veteran mode will now drop purple VR14 sets and no longer drop random crap. Also, the master weapons are getting buffed. Excellent. Now, the one thing I've kind of... I noticed they didn't really hit on was arenas and solo arenas. Let's do a little bit of speculation here. Are they talking about solo and arenas as in Dragon Star? Are we talking PvP arenas? Like dueling? Possibly. They're talking about you being able to do Dragon Star Arena by yourself, I thought. Okay. But why why would that even be a possibility? I don't see that being pleasurable at all. Some I would people, love to. If the rewards are scaled... Like, I wouldn't want to see someone doing solo and getting the same rewards. True. If it were scaled that, you know, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Kind of hit or miss. All right, now we're going to move on to the last bit that talked about the justice system for great justice. That's right, I said it. Go ahead and, and read this uh, all the way down to there. Okay. Paul Sage introduced the members of the justice team justice who have been team. hard at work developing this massive new gameplay system for ESO. Paul suggested the disclaimer that the prototypes and ideas being developed here are definitely subject to change, as the system still has a lot of work to go in order to make sure it meets the level of quality, polish, and enjoyment that it's so important for them to deliver to players. The team started by discussing their process in prototyping the system. Features like trespassing and lockpicking with doors are ones that have evolved a lot since the system was conceived. The developers are most excited about the justice system because it gives players more freedom to have fun, to make mistakes, and to experience dynamic, player-driven content, more opportunities for player interaction, more realistic inhabitant behaviors, inhabitant behaviors, more ways for you to directly affect the world around you, it adds an additional stimulation layer that makes the game a lot more Elder Scrolls-like. The justice system introduces laws and the ability to break those laws, outlaws and enforcers, both players and NPCs, and NPC reactions to crime. Oh. The team showcased some early prototypes, one of which depicted an enforcer pursuing a player outlaw, either stealing, stealing items or breaking into a locked home and engage them in combat. All right, before we go into what are crimes and what are the repercussions for crimes, as well as what's the difference between outlaws, enforcers, etc., which we will talk about, I, I want to say something here first. If they implement this, I can't think of any MMO out there today that has this level of interactivity with the world that makes you feel this much like your world, besides maybe Ultima Online back in the day. But technically speaking, 
that was a very simplistic game. There wasn't near as much. And you did have a karma system where people could attack you, et cetera, et cetera. And if you were negative karma, boss, you know, they would attack you. But I don't think any modern MMO to date has near these features, much less a theme park MMO. You know, maybe some sandboxes which have player-driven stuff. I know specifically Arcage has a trial system, but that arguably is just, you know, a bunch of D-holes, you know, getting together and trying to put people <laughs> in prison. That is my insult. D-holes. I'm fine with that. I love D-holes. That is my favorite. insult. That's my favorite Please. one. That's the best one ever. Right. Hey, you already stole my band name while I pop Shotgun Express. I can steal your D-holes. You have to edit that out of the show. That cannot leave. It'll get Fusro Dodd. Okay. All right. All right. Good. All right. So... Delta, what do you think about it? just this as a whole, this type of interactivity in the game? Okay, this is going to seem very bizarre to everyone. I find no interest in this. Oh my gosh. I, I know, it is really bizarre. <sighs> I It does not interest me whatsoever, running around and killing NPCs. I could go back tomorrow and do that. Now, for the level of interactivity, this is brings a whole new level to the MMO genre in this game. For me, personally, eh. I want arenas. That's what I want. I want Imperial City. I could care less about killing guards. I really could. But for those that love that stuff, it's just, this goes to show you that gamers are gamers. We're all so different. Mm. I have never, ever liked to be sneaky, sneaky guy. And yet, all I encounter are people who love to go around and sneak on Khajiits. I have no idea but why. Delta, you could be an enforcer who kicks the butt of the sneaky, sneaky people. I know, but... I don't know. For some reason, it's truly bizarre why this is not interesting to me. I have no idea why it's not. It's just not. It's so bizarre. But I'm just like, eh, I don't know. TS Fangirl so, is completely shocked in chat. She's like, what? You don't I know. even care? I, I care because it's really going to bring a lot of different people into the game. It's the it's an amazing thing for the game. It's kind of like Galactic Starfighter in Star Wars Old Republic. Yeah, cool. You get to fly around in spaceships. Am I ever going to do it? Nope. Great. I just, you know, I'll do it, but it's not like something I really want to do. So this, this is why I said Deltia doesn't doesn't count. He just he doesn't. Count. I know it's a weird opinion, but that's just it. I just we're all different. So that's my. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. You guys are more hammed up about it than I am. Okay. Um. And um. I will say this for TS Fangirl: you can kill other players if they are flagged as outlaws. That is still in the game. So that is definitely still there. Um, no, it, it's it's not the PvP system at all. It's I think it'll be fantastic for the game. I I, I think this will this will put this game out there on the map. I'm calling it yeah, as going hey, this MMO you can truly affect the world. True, like, even as a as a uh, theme park MMO that's not a most people do not like sandbox MMOs, and I'll say this because they're almost all sandbox MMOs. Our player created content, which is great, but it's almost solely PvP based. Well, that and also people say, "Oh, I want sandbox in my game," but yet then they go, "There's nothing to do because uh -huh. they want 
they want you to be pointed to do something. They want that's, big shiny. That's, that's so. It. They say one thing, but they mean another. And not everyone. I'm not generalizing. Well, I guess I am generalizing. I'm pulling that. Yeah, you're. I'm pulling you're, an ag here. I'm not generalizing. I'm not generalizing, but most people. But actually, that that's what I'm doing. Um, yeah. But yeah, they go. Oh, I want sandbox in my game, and then when they get it, they're like, they never use it. So, oh, you know, that's happening in games like Arcade right now, which is brand new. People are bored. Because all the housing plots are filled up, because you know people jumped up. What to do other than that? The 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 end game, if you will, is the trade runs. And if you don't have a house or anything, it's boring. People are like, I'm bored. I just get ganked, and that's it. People steal all, my stuff and run. Yeah. So your your house that you worked 500 hours on just gets trashed. Yep. And that's that sandbox for you. Or what's the other game? Uh, Eve Online. You spent two years on your ship, and it gets destroyed. There's a reason why not a lot of people want to do that. There, you know? There's a few, and I and I give props to the people who do. But that's great it, for them. Those this will be the first I would say theme park MMO that gives you direction, that gives you quest. You know the standard theme park MMO where they kind of handhold you a little bit. They kind of give you this is Elder Scrolls. Go out and do what you want. But here are some suggestions. Yeah. Exactly. That, this is how the best describe it. Warcraft was a no. You're following this line. I'm taking your hand and go. <laughs> this is this is what you can do. Go out and do whatever you want. But here are some things you can do. But this will create a type of sandbox. I think the best sandbox is within a theme park because there's stuff to exactly. do. But then there's a sandbox that you could build. You want to be a super thief that you're outlawed? Go for it. That's your choice. That's- I totally agree. It, it gives you players and options and like they can create their own stories and yep. really feel connected to their character. For me, it's just different. I don't, that's not what really ma- drives me to connect to my character. But for some people, I know people are coming to this game leveling tunes just so they can have a Khajiit, Thief, Nightblade, Sneaky. Like that's mm-hmm. all they want to do. So it's good for the game. Right. Um, is this where we're? Yeah, no, you're yeah, right. we were. We're here. Okay. What are crimes? Yeah, all right. Okay. All right. Well, before we get on that, you continue and tell us a little bit about what are crimes as defined by the justice system. Okay, theft, either of personal property or pickpocketing. Um, sorry, I'm just gonna interrupt you right here, real quick. Unless this is subject to change, you can steal from players, but it's not. Like, you can't steal, like, Delta, you have a sword. I can't steal that, but I can pickpocket you and get random stuff. It won't take out of your gold, but I can steal gold. I can steal randomized items. So you can target real players, but you don't, for you players, are like, oh, crap, I don't want my stuff stolen. It's kind of like they steal something and they open your backpack and it randomly, something that's not even yours. It's, oh, look, I got a sword in him off this guy. But... Unless this is subject, this is subject change. This was something you could do. That's why it's theft of either personal property or pickpocketing. You can do it from players as well. I am going to be following Delty around <laughs> everywhere he goes, stealing everything he owns. Everything. Okay. The team wants to be sure that any objects in the world are apparent, even without the use of UI elements, whether those items are owned or not. The chance to successfully pickpocket an NPC will change second by second as they undertake different actions, which will prevent outlaw players with windows of opportunity for theft. I'm interrupt here again. They're adding, this is something else they're adding to the game, which is awesome. They're adding routines to the NPCs. They won't just be standing there anymore. 
that's one thing they're doing. Like the NPCs will walk around their their little things. They'll be they are adding personalities to the NPCs. That way, you can't just sneak up behind an NPC who always stands in the same direction, pickpocket. He will move, and you'll have to sit there and watch and go. When is the optimal time where I won't be noticed? I'm so excited. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Trespassing. Each town will have locked buildings that are owned by NPCs that live there. If you pick the lock, you can go inside the house and break in. Once inside, you can steal from or murder the NPCs who live within. Next is murder. Currently, you will have you will be able to attack anybody, but you will only be able to kill almost anybody. Quest critical NPCs, certain vendors, and travel based NPCs will be immune to death. Nice. Um, and response to TS Fangirl, I have a feeling this will get sought out pretty quickly during testing. I imagine them doing something like if you if you loot a friend, you are locked out from stealing from that character for like a day. And that would prevent someone just sitting there and letting you steal over and over and over again. That's okay. I'm still following Deltia. That would, that would be your daily quest. <gasps> to steal from Deltia. Steal from Deltia. I love it. Come get it. Come get it. All right. So now that we know what those are, what are the repercussions? Whether or not crimes are witnessed is the most critical condition resulting from a crime. If witnessed, NPCs will react to your crimes. Delty, didn't you just say you loved how in in the uh, single-player games they would be like, hey, you did this. Yes, Now they will if you steal. I know. You bastard, get back here. All NPCs within the world will be given a personality. Some NPCs are cowardly and will run for shelter. Some brave NPCs will try and fight back. Certain NPCs might be mages or werewolves and have skills that will be represented represented if a, if an outlaw engages them. This creates a more sandboxy and dynamic environment. See? Sandbox within a theme park. All right. Witness crimes increase bounty and heat. These are placeholder terms, but heat represents negative attention, which immediately follows a crime which is committed. Heat degrades fairly quickly if a crime can avoid getting caught. Each crime also contributes to a bounty, which establishes a baseline platform for further heat. If a player wantonly murders townsfolk, he will jump up by hundreds of points at a time. But the player will remain an aura of criminality, which persists, which persists because of their bounty, which are global. Bounties will slowly decay over a matter of time. I think pretty much what this is going to do is when you're first... It's kind of like in Skyrim where if you killed somebody, the guards would immediately go, hey, and you could run off. But you could come back later and the guards wouldn't still be angry at you. Like if you talk to them, they'd be like, hey, wait a minute, aren't you wanted for murder? That's where the bounty still hits. But it's not an immediate, they want to kill you on sight. So you'll still have a crime thing, but you can always come back later after the heat has died down and be able to act normally while still having a bounty. NPC guards will accost you. If a guard is pursuing the player, and the pursuit passes another guard or set of guards, the baton will be passed, and additional guards will join the chase. <laughs> the entire city of Mournhold will be chasing you around. <laughs> I am loving this so... Okay, the last is... Okay, this is the only one I don't like. <laughs> the player is flagged for PvP. Criminals become eligible for targeting by other enforcer-type uh, players. You're gonna die. You're gonna die. Because <laughs> I'm being enforcer. 
Now there is, and we'll talk about this. Uh, well, we'll do that in a second. So let's talk about outlaws. Okay. Outlaws represent the criminal segment of players, like me, and are designed to appeal to players who want access to a criminal-themed skill line. <gasps> you get another skill line! <laughs> Outlaws will be able to sell or launder stolen goods, and players who want a way of clearing bounties without giving up stolen goods. Outlaws will have access to outlaw havens, which are like smugglers' dens with fences, vendors, and more. Oh my gosh, I am so happy! (laughs) I don't know of any other MMO that does this. Like, period. This will put this on the map. I hope they come out with race changes next because I have to be an Argonian. Sax Leal. I, I have to be. And I am going to be the best thief on the planet. On the continent of Tamriel, I'm going to be the best one. I love this game. Like, I just love it so much. The best one. All right, before you overheat here <gasps> okay, from excitement, okay. let's talk about enforcers. Okay. Enforcers represent players eager to extract justice for from offenders. For great justice! Players who want access to a justice-themed skill line Uh and players who want to profit from confiscating goods will enjoy being an enforcer. Enforcers have access to chapter houses, houses, which are towers outside cities. Joining the enforcers gives you access to an enforcer tabard, which, when worn, will flag the player for PvP. This tabard will take a bit of time to put on, or take off, but does allow players to voluntarily participate in patrolling and acting as an enforcer. Enforcers also have a PvE component called Bandit Dens, which give enforcers fun ways to find reliable and fun enforcement activities to undertake. Bandit Dens are hideouts throughout the world. Vignettes throughout the world can lead the enforcer to clues, which suggest the location of a bandit's den. The devs showed a video in which they discovered a clue leading to a mine containing several bandits. Chests within bandit dens may be trapped, but can also contain contraband items. These stolen goods can be returned to the Enforcer Chapter House for rewards. The dens also contain hidden areas where the in-game maps do not initially reveal the entire environment. Nice. The dens also include bandit bosses, which can be killed for extra treasure. Gameplay is intended to not just be a cat-and-mouse game, but rather more similar to a capture-the-flag mechanic where stolen and then possibly confiscated goods must be returned to either an outlaw haven or an enforcer chapter house. Where the justice system goes from here. This established a strong platform for the game to use in implementing other crime-related activities in the future. The devs cheekily show a we know... Oh my gosh. We know Dark Brotherhood slide at the end of the presentation. Are you alright over there? I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> I'm so excited. I like the idea of the enforcers, because here's the thing. The enforcers are have a solely a PvE um <clears throat> mechanic added to them. Cause unfortunately, unlike the outlaws their type of sandbox mechanic is dependent upon people stealing. If no one's stealing, they have no one to enforce. So they're given an optional way of being able to go against PvE bandits that only enforcers can go against in order to kind of, you know, use their justice skill line. Thais, what what do you feel about just that part? Or You know, I'm not even going to talk to you. You're too excited. (laughs) Deltia enforcers and having a pve outlet because their stuff is dependent upon people stealing what do you think 
What do you think about the justice system as a whole? I mean, it sounds pretty cool once again, but it's not my thing. I, it's yeah, cool. I'll kill, I'll kill people that, you know, look derpy and in town that are yellow flagged, but I'm not going to spend hours and hours doing this. I want to, I want to kill people when it's fair and I just killing NPCs and stealing from people. I don't know. It's not my thing. So there you go. All right. Go ahead, Thais. I'm letting the hounds of oblivion Come on, tell out. Me, tell me why it's so cool to you. Tell me why the justice system is so cool. Go. Because I can just I can be the biggest thief ever, and it's it's different than it being a single player game because now people can actually like recognize if someone's a good thief. So I can go around and just steal everything, and then stand there and be look at all the loot I have. I stole it from this guy and this guy, and I killed that guy, and I'm just the best thief ever. You can use like the sneak abilities, and there's the towns are going to be populated. I'm going to interrupt you right here. They are completely revamping how sneak works for this. So you know how it is now friendly. You're seeing you just look like you're... Cr- I think they're actually going to make it so you're invisible unless you can reveal players, however you would reveal. So with the justice system is coming a revamp of sneaking as a whole. So it'll be different from how we know it now. Go ahead. I, I, I couldn't breathe for a sec. <sighs> okay, um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yes. In any of the other Elder Scrolls games, I was always the sneaky one. I, I stealthed everywhere. I stole everything. I think that's a popular opinion about most single player. Oh, really? I'm well, the exact not opposite. Not me. I no, I, I'm like Delty. I'm the uh, I run in and see what we can kill kind of thing. Like, come at me, bro. That's me. But it's surprising. I think there was a uh, a poll on the official Elder Scrolls, not the Elder, the official Elder Scrolls, not ESO. The Bethesda forums was your favorite, and it's like ninety percent of people preferred to play Sneak Thief. Like what? the bow. Yeah, it was high. It was insanely high. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, I stole everything. If it wasn't nailed down or glued to something, I stole it. I think one of the best things about Elder Scrolls games is you see how dark of a person you really are sitting there looking at <laughs> steel. You like it's highlighted red going steel. Okay. <laughs> steel. Mine. And like you just see how dark of a person you really are in these games. I'm. I'm such a loving and caring person in real life when it comes to elder scrolls i'm racist and i just i want to kill everybody and tes fangirl is going she will be so stealthy in her pink gear i will be i will be the most fashionable thief ever it's just it's gonna it's gonna be so much fun that they're 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 putting it out there for two different types of players because in this you don't only have the option to be a thief or a bulldozer now you have the option to be a police officer, essentially, mm-hmm. to stop crime, mm-hmm. which means that the player base might actually be split between thieves and police. Oh, and it'll be ninety percent thief. You think so? More people oh, for me to kill. Oh yeah, I'm it's fine gonna with be. It. It's gonna be very. The PvP meatballs are gonna be uh, guards. Oh great! I, 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 I guarantee you, right now, the PvP meatballs will be guards. You know what? I'm okay with that though, because it will really test how good I am at sneaking and stealing everything. You would st- with the revamp of the sneak mechanic, guards will have to be looking for you and using like inner light and stuff to try to find you. I got potions. I got potions. It's Bro. just it's gonna be so cool. And if they add the Dark Brotherhood, I'm I'm definitely the Delty. I'm like you. I wear the heavy armor, the great sword. I walk into a dungeon, see like twelve guys. I'm like, come at me, bro, and just but, start swinging. But you, you can't. That's you can't me. Charge me with crimes. Just 
smash my gauntleted hand against my breastplate. Come at me, bro. Okay, so one question I have. Can people steal from your bank? I don't want my crap stolen. No, from- no. They specifically said, um, even if you're going to be able to steal, it will be randomly generated stuff from players. Like so, on you? Yeah, like if they steal from you, it won't actually be things in your bag, but I'll open up and go, hey, I stole a lint ball and five gold. And the five gold won't come from your bank. It's just randomly oh. generated, like killing a really? like killing a mob. Yes. That right. is probably, they even said that's how it currently is, but it'll probably need some heavy testing. Now, this was a little while ago. Um, they need to make sure it's not abused, which is why I think if you steal from players, I think it's they're probably going to have to put some sort of timer. That way, like, the gold sellers aren't sitting there just stealing off each other constantly. I think there'll probably be some sort of gating mechanic of, you've stolen from Delty, and now he has a buff called Hyper Aware, where for, like, the next 12 hours, you can't steal from him. You know, something like that. Or, you know, like you get a buff, hyper aware, or what is what is that? Hyper vigilant? That's like a real term. Yeah, where it's a if you're of PTSD, you don't want it. Yeah, if you're ever stolen from, no other thief can steal from you because you've been stolen from recently and now you're locked out. I think that'd be neat. It would keep the the gold farming mechanic out so it's two people can't just go out in the middle of nowhere and just, you know, Park a character, steal, five gold, five gold, five gold, five gold, five, until they have, you know, a million gold. I think that would be kind of neat. But, well, that's going to need to be tested. All right, Thieves, it looks like you still have more to say. No, I'm, no, I'm you're good. okay? I'm good, yeah. You're a little flushed over there. Kinda, oh, gee, I wonder why. It kind of looks like you're turned on from justice system. I, I definitely am. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm also drooling a little bit of, from excitement. I can see and that. I think I might have peed a little. You like, know, there's so many things going on here. She was so tired during this entire episode. She's like had her head against my desk sleeping. Second, we talk about justice system. She's more awake than I am. She's like, <gasps> <gasps> I get to steal stuff and kill people. So, this. when is uh, when is our, you guys think the ETA for this is going to be out? Not until it's ready. This is something where, like I said, you can really. This is. Well, Just I know. Like what, do, what do we system. think? What okay. do we think? Months. As in, like, I, I'm going to guess. Year? All right, let's let's talk in terms of updates. Updates come roughly every four to six weeks. Update five is coming on PTS. I think update five will probably be out by the middle of November. Yeah, I think beginning of November. Yeah, beginning middle of November. This update five. No, oh, which is oh, oh, okay, so okay. how given the current um release schedule of 4 to 6 weeks per update, how many updates till we see this? I'm thinking update 7 or 8. Yeah, I think the next one will be Imperial City. I think another one will be like some other mechanic and then the big one. So 7 or 8 is roughly two and a half months away. Yeah, I can see that. What about you? Oh, I, I what think... update? Given, let's just say they're a month apart. How many updates? So you're saying five is next month. Five is going to be sometime in the middle of November, I would imagine. I would say nine. Ten? Nine, nine or ten. Yeah, it's. I, I really feel like it's going to be a while because they have a lot to cover. Yeah. With trying to this is a very this large. System. This one is on par with Champion. Well, I don't think on par. I think this is lower than Champion System. Because Champion System is a revamp of the entire, of you know, not just ability, okay. but the entire stat system, and that's huge. Because, think about it, are, are they, are you going to be able to steal, like, how you take items now from the interactable items in the world? Yep. 
That's if, how it's going to work. But if they're owned by somebody, which you'll probably be able to see just like Skyrim. Oh, well, yeah. Well, well, that's what I mean. But because in Skyrim, you could just take things off of shelves. Yeah. But I didn't think that that, no, that, 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 that seems happen. like it would be really difficult to do. They they have it in games. Well, it's not just thing. You open. You would open like a uh, drawer. And yeah. You'd see but just like ESO, the name would, or, or Skyrim, yes. the name's in red. So instead of it saying take, it would say steal. steal. Yes. Yes. So I I think that in, in, in implementing that ability, they would really have to balance how quickly those random items replenish and. It's just it's 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 going to be huge. It's not going to be for a long time. But, I feel. You know, I wasn't going to, but let's do this a little bit. First off, I will say one more thing. They are also doing specific houses in the zones will be locked that you have to lock pick to break into. That's kind of cool. And once you're in there, that's technically trespassing. Let's go ahead and we're going to read some of these questions. I wasn't going to, but okay. this is a really fun system, and Thais is really excited, and I love seeing her this excited. So we're going to talk <laughs> about it. How will you maintain the mystery of where dens are once you've discovered them the first time? Do you do you plan dens to be unique, or will you have to find the same den in multiple locations? At first, we want all our bandit dens to be unique. So there may not be a ton of them just at first, but we'll be working on ways to maintain the mystery, maybe by using multiple entrances or other ideas that we are bouncing around. You know, I think that would probably be a good idea because all I can see is if all the dens are known, all the enforcer players will just be standing outside the den. <laughs> just like, come on. Yeah. But those bandit dens won't be where the outlaws go. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Um, that's for PVE, that part. Uh, well, even so, even the dens where outlaws go, if I know that's where they have to go to get the heat off of them, I'm standing right outside the entrance with my sword going, you have to pass me to get to safety. You would do that to me? Oh, hell yeah. To me? Oh, oblivion, yeah, because I'm going to use the... Why? Why? Why would you do that to me? I am your loving, soon-to-be Argonian wife. Who just so happens to steal everything on the planet. <sighs> Gotta teach you somehow. Alright. <laughs> How will you balance the incentives for outlaws since you're exposing yourself to risk by stealing? Outlaws will have ways to loot items that, that are flavor items relating to the story of the zone or the story of the world. Which can be stacked in your inventory. But there are also extra valuable items that will be financially very rewarding to your character. Maybe you could steal trophies and stuff. Things that you can add to your new trophy interface for collection. Sweet! Awesome. Yeah. Can you touch on skill lines? We can comment very broadly. The outlaws will have skills designed to help them commit crimes more effectively or escape detection. The planned skills are still very much under consideration and discussion at the moment. Okay. Well, that's, that's neat. You have skills. Hey, babe. There's a time where you'd have to switch your skills out. <gasps> oh, that, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I, will, I will have You hear a... that, Deltia? There's a time where she needs to switch her standard loadout out. Wow. I, I'm okay with Put that. Put crit surge down. Put crit surge down. <laughs> All right. The system looks really fun for players while, le while, leveling, or while leveling while progressing naturally through these city hubs. But what about existing max level players? Do you envision them participating in these activities? Additional adventure zones may include more city-based gameplay, or Cineum possibly, as a logical place for max level players to engage with justice. Nice. And I think 
I think what we kind of need is to, again, scale rewards. Make it not real worthwhile for a VR14 guy to go back to, you know, um, Davin's watch. You know, like, the stuff you get there, yeah, you can, but it's not going to be worth as much. Make the... Risk versus reward is what makes players do these things. If you get one gold for turning stuff in at Davin's watch, but you get 100 gold in the new VR14 zone, I'm going there because if I make it through one time, that's 100 times I'd have to do it in Davin's watch. You know? All right. Um, What is to stop max level players from going to low level areas and wearing an enforcer tablet to smash lobbies? This is definitely (laughs) a problem we need to address. But we haven't figured out the exact solution yet. Oh. It will get boring eventually for people. No, no it, it I never think does. It will. No, are you? Do, it it never you, does. Could you actually see Deltia go? Wow, I'm bored of killing these level fives. No, <laughs> no, it will never get boring. Well, there you no, go. No, there's no, there's Deltia's sandbox. He's just sitting there, having watch. Come here, movies. I mean, I'm stealing from me, precious. He's naked except for the tabard, just smashing them with a hat. Oh, yeah. Like, that with is so chest hair. to him. With chest hair out in a big great sword, like, what? <laughs> he, he shaves his uh, his chest hair into a big J for justice. Stands there with his hands on his hips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that with a tabard covering up, you know what? That's yeah, it. That's it. <laughs> All right. How are you going to dress the sneak on same alliance basis since you can currently see your alliance allies while they're stealth sneak will change from the way you currently know it so that stealth will matter for justice-based conflict there you go it's getting revamped i like it the er earlier presentation on writing and lore had a question where the question where a question was asked about karma and morality system in game and i totally understand why it doesn't exist in es or why it doesn't exist in eso but one thing I've always found cheesy about TES Universe was how when you pay off a bounty, your dark criminal deeds are just instantly washed away. Have you considered any sort of uh, notoriety systems that would reflect your lifetime of criminality or justice bringing? Have you at all followed the U.S. justice system? I mean, seriously. You pay <laughs> off your fine, you're, you got money, and oh, I kill some, I don't know, just do some community service, I'm okay. Or you do whatever you want, you hit 18 and it's expunged. Yeah, there you go. If you want to kill anyone, do it before you turn 18. Wow, you might not. Or be rich. Or be rich, your choice. I was going to say, it's like, oh, how is this ass where, you know, found it cheesy. That's pretty much how every, every uh, civilized criminal system works. It's fair, bro. Moving on, the answer to this was, is that a social commentary about the value of life in Tamriel? Laughs all around. Good question. We'll think about it. I, I, I don't know. What if I want my entire guild to be a guild of enforcers and for, anyone to under, uh, for everyone to understand that we are enforcers? How do we use our guild tabards while simultaneously acting as enforcers? We want enforcers to be easily recognizable, and so their tabard has a distinct emblem which everyone can recognize. So it will probably be a choice between which to wear at any given time. Hmm. I would rather just have a drop down. Select PvP or not, rather than a tabard. Because like I said, if they ever in- introduce the uh, no, I... transmog system where then I can make transmog of my stuff and they'll probably use the costume slot, I would much rather... I mean... 
Rift had the costume slot where you literally made a costume. Like you could have your gear, but then you made a costume which literally hung exactly like we have a costume system here. Like that's Rift's costume system is identical. Anyway, I, I don't. Tabard's fine for now, but I'd prefer to go away. I like that idea because that means that if there's all kinds of enforcers around, you'll be able to see them, which will kind of deter the criminals. Like if if I'm standing in Riften and I see 20 enforcers over there by the enchanting table, mm-hmm. I'm not going to want to do any kind of crime over there. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you could I understand your your tabard thing, but if they're wearing the thing the tabard, they're flagged for PVP. So when you're stealth doing your criminal stuff, you'd be able to target them for PVP. So when they're highlighted yellow because they're targetable, you know they're enforcing. I don't that's my my way of telling. I don't I don't get it. Well, just okay. like you see enemies where they have the outline, they would also have are the red line going, hey, they can attack me. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Final no, two questions. What protections will be in place to prevent accidental commission or commission of truck crimes? You good? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. We want to not have players suffer from collateral damage while running around town and using abilities. You will be able to flag yourself as not participating in the system, and we're thinking about other ways to make sure the user doesn't accidentally pickpocket or steal. Okay. Do you expect the justice system to have positive, negative, or no effect in Cyrodiil? My hope is that this will serve as a soft introduction to PvP and may encourage more players to check out Cyrodiil content. It really remains to be seen, though, as it will be a really different experience than what they would have in Cyrodiil. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the 2014 Guild Summit. Let's go around. What did you think of the entire thing? Love it. That, Care that, to extrapolate? I just I I want the justice system the justice system now. I just I want it now. I want the updated facial graphics because I want to know exactly how my NPCs are feeling. Hey, just imagine the the little winky and half smile Jakarn will give you. You know you'll oh, be all over that. My gosh, can we like commit crimes together? Probably. <gasps> I wonder if he likes Argonians. See, we're a match made in heaven. Okay, Deltia, twenty fourteen Guild Summit as a whole. What are you well, thinking? As a whole, fantastic. I mean, being this open, next time invite me, bro. Please, I want to go. I'm just waiting to go. I know. I'm, you don't, I've been sending them messages. You, like, like, I want to go down. Like, yo, come on. Let's invite the podcast, Meatballs. Um, no, really cool. I mean, to be this open and honest with their fan base, has any MMO ever done something like this? Fly people out on their dime just to let them know what's going on and get feedback. The answer is no. This is incredible. Regardless if I'm excited for everything, no, I'm not. But it's just the game set in the right direction. Having these developers really get it. It's it's the player's game. It's not theirs. And they're designing things for us, not them. And I'm so happy with the, the, the open honesty. And I'm not exactly thrilled with every change, but it's our game. It's not just about me. So I think it was great that they did this. Okay, and uh, I kind of go with LTS. So next time Zenimax, you don't even, you don't have to do any. I will drive down myself. Oh if yeah, there are like four hours. I will be down there. Just give me a call, like seriously, or email anything. I will be down there. Hit me up on Twitter, bro. Hit me up on Twitter. Delty and I will both go. We don't care. I want to go. Twit me. Twit me. <laughs> nice. Uh, ESO Guild Summit. Oh my goodness, the changes. 
this stuff that they're implementing are quite honestly this is stuff that i wouldn't expect to see in like warcraft unless it was a massive expansion years later you know what i mean this stuff coming out is just so awesome and like so huge and it I really think they have their thumb on the pulse of the community. Like, they really do. Like, the stuff they're releasing is... Just looking at how Thais went from being totally exhausted to now she probably won't be able to sleep for two days. It, it, it's amazing. And this, like I said, creating a sandbox in a theme park, I think is honestly what would get you the most amount of players. I mean, because it, it gets the people who want to build for themselves and yet still hold holds the hand, if you will, of the people who want a direction. I think it's great. I love it. I can't wait for the champion system, first and foremost. Please reconsider the uh, the the um, third resource and also the transmog system, because I want to look like I'm wearing heavy armor while wearing medium, because yeah. I love the look of heavy armor. Let me look like you already gave me dies, which are a great first step. I mean, I love the die system to make me look unique. But let me create a character that's me in the world. I want to, you know, I'm a min-maxer, but I definitely want, yes, and big nose. I need to make my nose bigger. Um, <laughs> yes. It's, let me, let me personalize my character so it's me. And then make that personalization part of crafting so crafters can sell it. There we go. All right, that ends our uh, two-week coverage of the ESO Guild Summit. I had a blast with that. You guys? Yeah? Yes. All right. Yeah. It's great. I'm tired. I'm, I'm just exhausted listening to Thais' excitement. <laughs> she wore me out with the excitement. I am I, not even <laughs> tired anymore. I think I might just do laps around the house, like, screaming, Justice System! Uh, all right well let's move on to our next section we'll get this done uh we're we're nearing two and a half hours already so we'll, we're here five hour episode five hour episode hey a lot of stuff to talk about it's exciting <laughs> it is tales exciting. from tamriel oh, time for gosh. us to talk about our game week okay. so deltia you sir right. go first oh I, I got so many tales i'll just tell two of them though um, so we started doing this weekly or daily event, I should say, at nights, like for people, um, you know, we have PVE, we have PVP day on Saturday, we have all sorts of stuff. But ironically, the, the most fun that we had was crafting night. <laughs> all we did was go around Upper Craghorn and pick up flowers. I don't know why it was fun. It was just fun. We just l made fun of each other and got stuff crafted and got ready for the week. And it's just surprising. Picking flowers in this game is enjoyable. I, I hate flowers. I hate the outdoors. But for whatever reason, in Tamriel, I love it. So we did that. Other really cool thing. There were so many. But uh, we did Dragonstar Arena again. And I wanted to play my Sork. So I went in there as a VR7. And we ended up beating it. Um, I had to get carried, though. I mean, I wasn't really the best or anything. But we ended up beating it with my VR8 Sork when I was done uh, as a tank. So that was really cool that, you know, it was so it felt so different tanking on my Sork than I did my Dragonite. I had more, more uh, mobility, but I didn't have nearly the utility that I did with my Dragonite. So I had to really play way different. Like if I ran out of stamina, I just had to streak out of there and just go run away for a while. So my healer was chasing me, yelling at me. That was pretty fun. Other than that, just been helping people get into PvP and creating some new builds. I've got a bunch on the site. Uh, more articles for crafting coming out soon. A clothing article being released 
tomorrow. So check out the site for all sorts of new stuff. I've been listening to your guys' feedback on what you like, and it seems like the leveling guide was really popular. People like that. So I'm just going to keep creating content and just doing stuff around the week and having a blast. So come holler at me in game if you ever want to do something. Excellent. All right. Well, anything else for your tales for this week? Uh, there's too many to count, but you guys are getting tired of hearing me, so go ahead. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about. We actually we have a few things to talk about, but not a lot because we didn't actually do a lot that was quantifiable in a story. But we did a lot in game this week. All right, first off, as I always say, talk about character changes. You had nothing, right? Nothing. <laughs> well, guess what happened to me? Oh. I changed everything. Bubble trouble. I pretty much copied. Yeah. Deltia's uh, Bubble Trouble build. I, I'm making a somewhat tanky character at least up until VR 14. So we can go... Alright, what? So wait a minute. So you're making a tanky character? Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you're making the tank character, how come I'm the one that always dies? Well, because you you're don't tanky. move out of the poop. No, I, I move out of the poop. Well, I don't know then, because I don't die. Well, aren't you supposed to be the one like taking the aggro? No, tanky character versus tank is different. You remember in this game, you don't hold everything. Every player has to be responsible for themselves. I'll hold the big guy, but... Okay, all right. All right. All right. So maybe maybe move some of your skills around so you have some nope. more defensive skills. Nope, can't do it. Nope. <laughs> all right, well, I made a, a, a change sort of... Sort of like uh, the Bubble Trouble build on DeltiasGaming.com, but not completely, because this was focused mostly on PvP, and I'm more towards a PvE and uh, endgame kind of thing. But I'm going to be kind of tanky, at least until the end of our leveling experience, so I'm VR 14, I think, so it would be nice for questing. But I pretty much switched out all my medium armor for five pieces heavy, two pieces light, uh, drop the Thief Mundus Stone and pick up the Atronach for Magicka. I regenerate like 98 Magicka every two seconds. I am like five Magicka below the uh, soft cap for regeneration. Wow. What's your I, race again? Sorry. Nord. Nord. Oh, okay, that's right. So I don't really have any bonuses for like regeneration, except for I do have arguably one of the best tanking racials, the Rugged, which is like 6%. The best. Yeah. 6%. Percent reduced damage, just flat. Like no, I just take six percent less damage than everybody else. Crazy, um, but nothing else really. All that. Oh, and plus I have health regeneration and health. Like that's part of the Nord, the Nord's racials. But I'm using great sword on my my. That's my uh, ultimate bar slash you know damage bar, and then I have sword shield. But the main thing is blazing shield. I keep that little bugger up, and I just never die. I was running around in Cyrodiil the other day. I think I got, like, 10 or 11 mobs on me that were, like, VR5, and I was VR4. Running around, just running around in a darn circle, casting Blazing Shield. My health never dropped below, like, 90%. And they all died. I went into Craglorn to create my arena set gear, and I got five or six of those... I forget what they're called. They're, the like, six-eyed dog things on me and they are vr 11 i was vr 4 killed all of them didn't drop below 95 percent. it was fantastic and i just run around bubble cleave cleave bubble cleave cleave bubble that was so much fun 
I'm, I'm having a blast with Templar it. Templar is a lot of fun once you get that. It's I like the class a lot. Now, what ultimate are you using? You said you're are you using the Fighter's Guild and switching, or what are you doing? Um, I'm using the Fighter's Guild on my on my greatsword bar, okay. um, which is my damage, damage and ultimate builder, because Cleave, of course, just builds ultimates so fast. My other bar depends what I'm doing. I'm either using Empowering Sweep, which is yeah, the really like cheap that. one, yeah, but it, it like reduces your damage based on the amount of people you got. So if I got like twenty people on me, I get like huge damage reduction. It's just crazy. Uh, or depending on if if it's if they're not like public dungeon mobs, I use empowering sweep. But if it's like dungeon mobs, I use uh, solar prison uh, nova, the morph of nova. So and pretty much how I, I figured out once. Empower or uh, flawless dawnbreakers at like 300% ultimate. I know that Nova's ready. Yeah, so Nova takes a minute to get up there. Yeah, but it's not. It actually depending on how many mobs there are, I can get up the to Nova level fairly quickly with Cleave because I gain five ultimate, three or five ultimate for every mob I hit with Cleave. Yeah. So a couple Cleaves, I can get a lot of ultimate very fast. I drop an ultimate on five or six mobs, and I get half of the ultimate I need to cast it again, which is a few more cleaves. So, and of course I have repentance on the bar, so that keeps my stamina going. So it's it's fairly nice. So that's what I've been running around with. Now, we actually finished Stormhaven last week, and we started on Rivenspire, but we only actually did like two quests in Rivenspire up till now. We intercepted a soldier that they were saying they were ambushed by Montclair soldiers. So just so you know, this particular part, I'm going to say for probably the next 10 minutes, uh, five minutes is going to be spoilers for Riven or Rivenspire story. So if you don't want to listen to it, skip ahead like, I don't know, five minutes. Um, there's a little bit of a civil war between the noble nobles going on in Rivenspire. And uh, one group of soldiers got attacked by another group, so we had to help them out. And we're collecting healing supplies and we went back up to where the guys are camped out being surrounded by the enemy soldiers and we run into a healer you remember this story no you don't remember the healer oh oh that yeah okay yeah go ahead I remember that. You, right. you tell the story all the way through the healer oh i don't uh, okay um well so the civil war and we get to a tower and, and there's a healer and, and at first she's she's like oh yeah i'm just here helping everybody you know and then she goes but there's this one group of people there's a family and and i can't find them so why don't we travel down to their little their little um homestead and we'll see if we'll see if they're there so we go and she meets us down there and we like we're knocking on the door and um so I'm still very sleepy. We knock on the door, and, they're, and the dad comes Justice to the door system. and is going... Justice system. Justice yeah, system. <laughs> and the dad comes to the door, but he didn't open the door. Through the door, he's like, no, 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 no. We're not leaving until we know that we're going to be safe. So how about you go get us some weapons? The funny thing is it didn't stop there. Like, he gave us, like, an order. He's like, okay, I want a great, I want a great sword, and I need two short swords for my son, and my wife needs a bow, and my daughter just has to have a pair of daggers. So my character is standing outside with, like, a pen and a piece of paper going, anything else? Is that, is that all you, you require? Okay. So we walk away, and we gather everything, and we come back. And, and it's, it's a little sad. Because it's just when we walk in, there's just a dead body 
and we don't know what happened. Wasn't there one of the people in the house still? Um, no, it was the the dead father and the um, and the healer. She was in there. Oh, okay, saying uh, we don't know what like we don't know what happened. Like we just we have no idea. I I don't know. I walked in and everyone like he was dead. No, we can't find anybody else. So you have to go find them. We don't know where they are, but be careful because she goes because sometimes what happens is they turn into what what did she call them? They're the blood fiends. Blood fiends. That they get turned into blood fiends. And we're like, oh, okay, that's, that's really kind of sad. So as we're walking around town, you know, we, we find one of the little boys. I'm not little because there's no kids in this game. Well, we find one of the sons and he's like, oh, no, my family. And he cries and he goes back to the tower or whatever. The next person we find, sadly, did not make it. They were a blood fiend. And it was depressing. We killed them. Then we found... The daughter, and she was a guy, oh, my family, you know, and she, you know, goes back to the tower, and then we finally find the mother, and she also is a blood fiend. So we got, we get them, and we go back to the tower. At the tower, we go inside, and we're, we're talking to them, and we're trying to figure out what happened, and, and they're saying that a blood fiend, a monster, tore into their house because they had, they thought that this person was there to help them, so they opened the door, and as soon as they opened the door, they were just descended upon by this monster that just ripped their father to shreds. And we hear a voice and a door unlocks and the healer walks in. And that's when like this brother and the sister are like, no, get away from us. It's you. You're a monster. You did this. And the healer's just like, oh, no idea why. Doesn't know what's going on. Oh. Well, the healer was the blood V. That's what it is. So we had to find her and we let her go. We, we did. did. It turns out she was a vampire, wasn't she? Because mm -hmm. when, we, when we eventually found her later, she had like the bloodshot eyes and that the white skin, yeah, yeah. thing. And but I don't she, think she knew she was infected. She's just no. always hungry. Yeah, and and she said that she will make sure that she goes far away where no one can ever find her, and she will never harm anyone ever again. So, so we, we let her. Go. We let her go. That's all we did for questing for this week. But we spent the last three or four days in Cyrodiil. Um, we've got every single sky shard in Cyrodiil, as well as almost all of the dungeons cleared. Um, and almost everything. I think there's like five or six things if I looked on my Cyrodiil map that we're still missing that we'll probably go in this week and get. But yeah, that's what we did. But like, we didn't have a lot for story, but we did a lot this week. And I gotta tell you, all those skill points are, are awesome. So we got every single one in Cyrodiil. All right. Well, that's going to be the end of our our tales section. We're going to move on to our next section, which is the dramatic reading. Um, we're continuing the lore book set, Shadowfen lore, and this week will be the fourth and fifth books in the series. They are the Fair Argonian Maiden, which is actually just a small poem, and Freedom's Price. I don't know if I'm going to make it through Freedom's Freedom's Price. <laughs> Okay, fair Argonian maiden. Huh. Come, my lad, let us speak. Come, fair maid, let us talk. Scale to scale, tip to tip, fair maiden, hissed maiden, and sap-drenched lad. The next one is Freedom's Price. Gold exchanged hands, making the deal complete. Makes many waves belong to a new master. Sandrasta Laris watched as her newest acquisition joined the group she'd already purchased. 
She stared so long at Makes Many Waves that she drew the Argonian's eyes to hers. They both looked away quickly, almost instantly. Eye contact between master and slave would be punished by ten lashes. The distance between market and house was no more than seven miles, but it seemed an eternity to Sandrasa. She'd counted the years impatiently until she could set up her own household and bring Makes Many Waves home. Send the rest to the field house, Sandrasa said. Her footman assisted her from her horse. I want that one. She waved a hand towards Make Many Waves, brought to my sitting room. She'll be my personal assistant. As you wish, madam. Pulling her gloves off as she strode into her home, Sandrasa laughed. Finally, yes, it will be exactly as I wish. How long since she'd felt her lover's lips pressed against hers? shared in desperate, guilty caresses whenever they could steal away together, how she'd suffered once their intimacy became known, as though Sindrasa thought bitterly, seeing her beloved soul through the Archeans hadn't been punished hadn't been punishment enough. Time passed with deadly snow slowness from that moment, until Sindrasa finally located Makes Many Waves and brought her back. This time no one could separate them. They belonged together. The door opened and makes many waves step forward, eyes downcast becomingly. Sandrasa walked past her, shut and locked the door, then turned. I've missed you, she said softly. In a moment they locked in a passionate embrace, Sandrasa touching makes many waves scales gently, searchingly. Did they torture you, darling? I swear they'll pay. Makes many waves shook her head, her frilled spine fluttering. Seeing you heals me, my love. But the Arkeens, you're safe. Those traitors won't touch you again, Sandrasa said. Listen, my love, makes many waves said. Your parents paid the Arkeens very, very well. Their eyes are everywhere. They'll know you bought me, and they'll come for me. I'll free you, Sandrasa replied. You'll be safe. It's not like that, the Argonian whispered. The Arkeens don't care whether Argonians they sell are free or not. To live together safely, we must leave Morrowind. I see. Now kiss me. As darkness approached, Sandrasa and Makes Many Waves began their journey, heading northwest toward the border with Skyrim. Is Riften safe? Makes Many Waves whispered. They'd travel several days out of their way to shake off any possible followers. Before Sandrasa could speak, an arrow pierced her throat. She clutched at it with one hand. Her eyes widened in surprise. More arrows followed swiftly, killing the dark elf long before she slid to the ground. You're free now, said an Argonian archer, stepping from the shadows. Makes many waves stared at him, unable to speak or move. Did she hurt you? He asked, coming closer. You can return to Black Marsh now. You're no longer a slave. Collapsing across Sandras's body, Makes many waves sobbed. Are you all right over there? No, I'm not. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> that is so sad. Uh, all right, you talk. I'm going to cry. All right. Yeah, she did cry when she first read that book in game, too. So, yeah. And it looks like T.S. Fangirl might be tearing up a little bit, too, because see chat. It's just... It's such an amazing story, and that stupid Argonian thought he was helping, but he wasn't. Well, 
I mean, most dark elves were slavers. I, so. I, I, I can see that, but I'm glad I'm glad TES fangirl is crying too because my heart is breaking right now. <laughs> you both are Argonian lovers. That's what it is. All right. Well, there you go. Now you see. Just as I say about Elder Scrolls, there is no happy ending. It's just sad and sadder. That's how it goes. That's definitely one of the sadder ones. Like, in my head, all I can picture them is reaching freedom and finally being able to be together. And just, just the love that, that these two shared. Not only being able to overcome the slave and master, but to be overcome such a race boundary between Argonian and, and Dark Elf. It's just... I'm sorry. I'll, I'll and see, this is what happens when you read uh, Argonian lore. They're either killed or they sacrifice themselves to save trees. So there's no happy Argonian lore. No. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to our next section, which is the guild corner. Deltia, what do you got to say about uh, your guild? I gotta put my Kleenexes away. Hold on, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> now, what? That was the lusty Argonian. That was that story. No, no. That, that's Freedom's Price. Lusty yeah, Argonian the, is actually a funny I, one, right? It, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, that was a pretty good story. Yeah, um, my guild, Harder Contact, doing basically Dragonstar Arena on Friday nights. Progression. So now we're gonna start Veteran mode. If you're looking to get on a team or a small team, that's the sort of thing we do. You can contact me in-game at Deltia. And then also Serial Saturdays, and then we're doing stuff with Akatosh, the ESOTR guild. So lots of stuff going on, usually Monday through Friday nights at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, excellent. And of course, if anyone's interested in joining uh, the Tales of Tamriel Friends and Family Guild, you can either contact myself, that's Jealous, A-G-G-E-L-O-S, in-game, or at Tear Eater, T-E-A. R-E-A-T-R in game. Um, just a guild. You can chat with uh, all the hosts because we're all there. Um, chat with other lovers of the game and fans of the show and everything like that. Maybe even possible lovers of Argonians. Who knows? There you go. All right. We're going to go into our final section, which is our emails. We only had one this week, and it's from our friend Esteldian. So Steldian. Steldian. There we go. If I can choke it out. <clears throat> Hey guys, great show yet again. Suddenly I had some PC issues, so had to watch most of it another time. Just wanted to throw in a few things with regards to the show, but before I do, thanks for the shout-out about the VR Dungeon Training Camp. Firstly, regarding the loyalty pet and leaving it in your mail. Mail from the devs do not expire. The 30 days never count down. I still have my Imperial Edition stuff in my mail, and it will stay there until pets take no space. I stand corrected. I thought they were gone. Yep, so did I. Yeah, cool. PvP forward camps. I actually would play in that special campaign. Sure, they are convenient, but also make fights silly as it is endless respawn. Run in, die, respawn. Forward camps have basically just turned Cyrodiil into a giant-sized arena, at which point may as well remove it and put in PvP arenas. The whole idea of Cyrodiil being big was so that fights would spread out, and killing people actually meant one step closer to victory. At the moment, the issue is not so much that dying doesn't matter, it is that killing doesn't either. Without camps, small groups can actually cut off reinforcement lines, helping protect their castle without being part of the giant zerg. Currently, you cannot, because people just respawn right by the action. 
As a small group or alone, your best bet is to join the inevitable zerg that forms at a siege, or hope you can prey on straggling PvEers in the zone. <laughs> Heck, no one even bothers resing in PvP either because of the forward camps being so conveniently close. I see why people would hate to lose the camps. They do make it easy to jump into the action that is good, especially if not on long. So it makes no sense to universally remove them, but a trope host did mention a separate special server for no camps, and I think that is a good idea. After all, we have special event sections with no real special campaigns in it. Forward camp eternal bum rush gets old fast for some, so a special campaign for them would be good. Big fan of champion points reminds yeah. me of alternative advancement points in EverQuest 1, which is a system which pretty much kept me in the game for six years. Similar to that, the early points give the biggest gains. So getting the big boosts do not take long, but further enhancement is much smaller. You know what this reminds me of? Not only the alternate advancement, but the soul attunement in Rift. Where you continue to be able to get these attunement points and, and just gradually increase your stats. Just little bits, like 1% more fired, 1% more crit, just things like that. As a result, yes, you can spend weeks farming the Thief for more points faster, for the sake of 0.1% increase per point, it really is not worth the tedium. 0.1% is a nice little boost when you get through just doing your day-to-day -day things, but really isn't worth farming for. If you played EverQuest 1, the system makes sense. It's a little more complex, but fundamentally it is the same, and it worked brilliantly. Rift also brought out its planar attunement, which is a similar thing that also helped keep the game worth playing. Just so you know, I skimmed over this email. I didn't know he actually mentioned planar attunement. <laughs> I don't like the system we have now because it is boring. You get nothing for your game time. I am VR 14. Why am I playing the game? I craft the best gear, so no point in doing any content for that. I cannot progress my character at all because I am level cap. Where is my carrot? Am I doing... All I am doing is goofing around for the sake of it. If the game stayed as is, then what is there to stay for? At the moment, I actually wait for a VR level cap change because it gives something to do. More VR caps will have all sort will have all sorts will have all sorts leave the game because they hate VR. So the champion system is what I am waiting eagerly for more than anything else they have revealed so far. That's it for me. Look forward to the next podcast. Though I will be away, so sadly I cannot listen live. No. Oh. Sad Zors. Sad Zors. I do agree, and I've done alternate advancement systems, and they excite me. I like the planar attune. That's what the champion system essentially well, is. Well, we we really enjoyed Rift, but mm -hmm. for some reason, it just it the champion system still seems so much more convoluted than a system that easy. Hmm. Well, but I, again, I won't know until yeah. I see some it, people so. won't. But the fact, like you said, just doing your day-to-day -day makes you just a little bit stronger. Yeah, you can grind for it, but the amount of effort you have to put forward doesn't necessarily worth it. You know, like, you'll just be slightly better. I like it. And he said, biggest gains come early. So your people who've been playing for years versus new players, there won't be a huge gap once they get those early bonuses. Maybe only a couple percent but they will still be stronger because they've been playing for years. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, uh, Delta, you have anything to say about Esteldian's email? Oh, many things. Do you want to go into Ready? it? Go for it. <laughs> uh, first off, he makes a lot of great points. He's very well thought out, and 
you know, he has a lot of experience in MMOs. They're they're awesome points. I want to touch on the forward camp problem in Cyrodiil. He makes a bunch of great points once again. The problem with the game's PvP system, forward camps are a problem. I definitely get that. Because I don't know if you guys know what troll camps are. Essentially, if you set up a forward camp, people will get on their uh, a separate account level attuned of 10 and then drop a forward camp where they don't want the enemy to go and then no one can go in there uh so they just screw over the other alliance people do that it's disgusting that's what troll camps are there's a lot of problems with cyrodiil the the main problem is i would love for there to be a no forward camp campaign if there was a fast way to do pvp there's not just like he said I can run into the Zerg. I don't have to be with a big, huge, coordinated group, and I can play for hours just dinking around like a zombie. That's great. But if I want four or five hours with a well-coordinated team, no forward camps would be perfect. Right now, you can't have both. I think the, the biggest solution, the best solution, will be Imperial City. Once that comes out, it'll be a fast way to jump in. And then you can have Cyrodiil be the really open-world, awesome environment-based, uh, objective-based PvP that they were hoping it for, to be. So for me, he has some great points, but right now I just can't get into Cyrodiil without forward camps. It's just too convenient, too fun to go mindlessly doing the Zerg thing. I think there's a couple things that could change it, but ultimately forward camps need to go away in their current position. Um, and one thing I'm going to say real quick, I know you guys, you know, check out my builds and stuff. If you're into PvP and you haven't played a Sorcerer yet, this next build is going to show you how to Zerg bomb. Take out a Zerg solo, by yourself. So, Zergs exist. Let me one more ramble. The reason Zergs exist, there's AoE caps. What does this mean? It means you can only hit six people with an AoE thing, AoE attack. What people do is they gather up in groups of 12. That way, it's random who gets hit. They spread the damage, and they spread the healing. You can't die. And it just becomes a battle of whose Zerg is bigger. That's why PvP is broken, is the caps allow for people to clump up, literally stack on top of each other, spam two abilities, Impulse, Healing Spring, you can't kill them. If you remove AoE caps, what happens is they have to spread out, otherwise they will die. There's no disincentive to do a Zerg. There is no disincentive to be that Zerg. That's why it's happening. Ramble over. Okay. No, there's... Hey, kitty. All right. Well, now we've reached the time of the show where it's final thoughts time. Three-hour show, guys. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I ran a marathon. Like this is like a gamer marathon. It's like a podcasting marathon, isn't it? We, you, you know what we should do? We should just do a podcast for like extra life. Just like extra life. That would be, that'd be cool. You know what we could do? Hmm. We could actually we try and get into that. the Guinness World Book Records of, for the longest podcast. <laughs> What's well, the longest one? Do we know? I, I know it's over twenty-four hours. Oh, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's over 24 hours. Well, someone else is going to have to write the notes because you can't just not have anything. It'd have to be solid content. I'll, I'll have to look that up and, and see about that. All right. Well, you know stories I have. Come on. <laughs> I could talk about Argonians for hours. Are you kidding me? Oh, we. That'd be a fun <laughs> thing to do a lore panel. I would be totally like a lore game show panel. Yeah, like Jeopardy of of Tamriel. That would be fun. All right. 
now we have to do it if we're going to be we're in the Guinness Book of World Records. Tells it damn real. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I will. I will look that up and see right, about that. Right. Okay, cool. Okay, final thoughts time. Thais, go ahead. Tell us your final thoughts for the episode. A uh, great episode. Uh, we got a lot of stuff covered. I'm still so very exhausted, but I perked up a little bit for the justice part, justice which. System. Which I uh, perked up a lot and then cried. You like blood <laughs> and then cried. This yes. was a very emotional episode for you. <laughs> you know, it really was. And I was actually just about to mention that the book that I read here was my favorite, but at the same time, it's also just very sad. It's my favorite, but it's very sad. And I and I and I hope everybody else enjoyed this Argonian book as much as I do. So, you know, you can nice. always you can reach me in game at Tear Eater, T E A E R T E R, and um. On Twitter at TwitQueen Nice. And Deltia. Um, when I was researching like how to write and you know make good stories and stuff like that, not necessarily for my site and everything, but it's all about bringing out emotion. And just like Thais, imagine that. No other game that I know of can bring out such emotion and storytelling as getting connected to these characters and Argonian, what's that? It doesn't exist in the real world, but yet you feel emotionally connected. That's the power of Elder Scrolls. That's why we all play this game. To a Steldon's point, he's still in the game because of the community, and that's why. Because the people in this game are bar none, hands down, the best I've ever encountered. And I'm not going to leave it anytime soon because of that. Maybe there's not perfect content, but I went back on my site to edit some of my old guides, and I looked when they were published. I'm there in May. Remember, this game came out in March. Think about that. Think about how big, how grand this game has gotten since March. What is this going to look like when it hits a year? This is going to be the best MMO in history. I'm telling you right now. I don't care if other people don't think so. I love it. So stick with it. Keep tuning in and help out each other. That's the best thing we can do as a community. Mm-hmm. And uh, awesome. Well, my final thoughts for the show is this game is just bloody amazing. It's awesome. Um, with the stuff they're adding, if they can implement the champion system and the justice system and things like this, I think this MMO will have more things to do than pretty much any other MMO in the market. It will have a unique, like, not a unique niche. It will have unique niche uh, abilities that other MMOs don't have while still having what other MMOs, you know, the theme park yep. MMOs. It'll make it stand out. It won't just be another quote unquote WoW clone with a, not that it is now, but you know, most people, it's a WoW clone with I, Elder Scrolls IP. Well, it's not, right. but it, this will make it stand out even more going, well, WoW doesn't have that, you know, where the world actually reacts to what you do. You know, if you're yep. a thief or a bad person, you can get hunted by players. They haven't had a game like this since Ultima Online. It's going to be awesome and i think that alone will draw players in just because it's different mmo players we all know they're they're finicky they always want something different they don't want to want it to be wow they want it to be different well that is gonna make it different from almost any other mmo out there that i know of and with how responsive and how active the developers are with the community and the way that they talk with us and stuff that also sets them out so now not only do they provide awesome content they listen to their player base and are willing to change entire things if the player base doesn't like it. And they're releasing content quickly and they have unique content. I agree, Delta, this will be like the best MMO out there. Because, hey, it's also got the best story, in my opinion. And has the best podcasters. And best podcasters, obviously. 
there we go. Those are my final thoughts. So I do want to thank both my co-hosts for joining me this evening. And I want to thank all of our fans for listening to the podcast. Without you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. So if you wish to help support the podcast, feel free to donate via the PayPal link on our website or simply just tell a friend about us. If you wish to contact us with questions, comments, or criticism, the website for the show is talesoftamrail.com or you can email the show at podcast at talesoftamrail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at talesoftamrail, Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. Also, feel free to rate and subscribe to us via iTunes. And if you missed the show, you can watch it on YouTube at youtube.com slash Tales of Tamriel. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a good night, everybody. A serpent lights the ancient sky and red of tainted stars. Souls of mortal sway and so Once more, these are days.